You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? Happy summertime to you. It's not the first day of summer, but, you know, it's just oh, okay. the vibes are continuing, and today was an exceptionally beautiful oh, day. Oh, yeah, man. So, you know, it's really my vibe. I don't know where you need to move to, where it's like 73 and partly cloudy every and day. nice little breeze. Nice little breeze, where yeah. you could, like, maybe throw on a light sweater if you yeah, want man. to, but you don't need to. You can be short-sleeved in shorts, whatever, and, you know, you can just choose to layer up or not. It's really my perfect kind of weather. Yeah, um, I agree. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, nothing new on my end. Um, I do have, I do want to mention something, like, for people that... That um, this is a PSA, by the way. Okay, people PSA. that that live in apartment buildings. I don't know how many people listen. We had to live in apartment buildings. I would guess a lot. And your mailman, your apartment building or whatever, right? If you have like, if you go to your mailbox and there's a whole bunch of mailboxes there. Sure. Wait for your mailman to leave. I don't know if I mentioned this on here before, but. People come down. Oh, like while you're still stuffing I'm all still, the boxes? And, they, and they're standing and they're there. they're kind of elbowing you to get to their box? Standing there or like the box is open. They try to... Can I get my now? Squeeze no, past you. No. Yeah. You have to wait till the mailman is completely done. Not by law, though, right? Just common courtesy. No, 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 no. You can't. Nobody allowed You're to take You're on a mail delivery? The, yeah, because all the boxes are open. You can't have people oh. come to the mailbox trying to grab their mail out of the box where the, where the whole thing is open. I'm on the other end. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we, you I don't know what you're doing. You can see if you're stealing something. Could be stealing something. Rule number 615. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But just, just wait till the mailman is done. Let me tell you yeah. something. Mailman, 90% of the time, we do not feel like talking to anybody. <laughs> trying to get in and get out. Hot enough People for come you. in, just come in one sit. Oh, man, that's the most <laughs> famous line ever. Um, we just trying to get in and get out. We don't want to talk and, ch- and chit-chat. We don't, we don't got time for that. We're trying to get in and get out. And I'm, at, I'm at work. Do you, just, do you feel like telling jokes when you're at work? Exactly. Just let them, let them come Hearing in. Hearing jokes? And you don't have to stand behind them staring. We don't like that. Stay in your apartment building, whatever, outside, till we done, mm-hmm. you can go in. Okay. Do what you got to do. I didn't know this was an, an occurrence, because I do live in a, an apartment building with a, you know, the wall of mailboxes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm never just go downstairs and just wait on a step, Yeah, I, I will go. With my feet, fo- tapping my foot, yeah, smoking a cigarette. Asshole, man. Any minute now, you know, I have I things. Will be, I will be using all kinds of language in my head. <laughs> but that's an interesting angle <laughs> you take from it, because I was thinking you just meant as a common courtesy, like, don't be all up in my space, no. you elbow me. It's like... These mailboxes are open. This is a felony, what you're doing. Like, yeah. I don't know. You could be committing a crime. You could be stealing somebody's mail. Could be. And that's your responsibility Yeah. until you, gotta, you close the box. Yeah, but, that, but then that makes us like an asshole because we go, you can't, you got to wait. You got to wait till I'm done. Yeah. And then they're so like, what are you saying? I'm going to steal mail? Yeah. And it's like, well, you uh, could. Yes. Yeah, you're taking offense exactly. to us. But yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I'm some kind of mail thief? I don't know you. I don't know you. I see you here every Tuesday. I ask you if it's hot enough for you. You don't know me? You don't know my name? No, I don't. I have no idea who your name is, what your name is, or anything. Just take offense to it. Yeah, that's how. Shout out to all the bartenders out there. But like bartenders, there'll be people that have been coming to the bar for like, like three days, yeah. and they'll be like, "Can I get my usual?" Like, I don't even know who you, you are. Know the people I talk to every day. <laughs> you don't even exist to me after I walk away from you and go over to this next place and give this person their drink. Crazy. Just let me get my usual. <laughs> I don't know you. 
you need to be here for years before well, up you- to tip yeah well, there you go <laughs> there needs to be something that makes you stand yeah. out you just being like well i love long island iced tea He's like, bitch, i don't know you i don't know you i didn't know that just ask for it let me get my regular what's your regular <laughs> a chicken quesadilla and a, and a root beer flow oh, bitch, i didn't know that i don't even know you <laughs> Oh yeah, you know everybody's every job has has their gripes, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I'm doing good too. Still, uh, the the days are counting down to my impending trip. Okay. Also, to anybody who hasn't joined the Patreon, me and Fran have gotten back into the rotation or attempting to get back into the rotation of bringing you that fire content. We kicked it off with uh, re-releasing the mini souls. We're now doing a format called Tales from the Hood, where we ask our listeners to tell us, you know, close calls that they've had, run-ins that they might have had with crazy killers around their neighborhood yeah. or wild stories, things like that. And you can send them in affirmativemurder at gmail.com and those episodes will be exclusively on Patreon. And uh, the first episode kicked off really nice. Shout out to the two listeners who sent us in some emails. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a couple more since then, so we're excited to do some more um, of those episodes. Also, because I'm going to be out of town for like a week, so I'm going to miss one week and we need to have something ready to go mm-hmm. to deliver to the people in that time. But uh, I'm very excited, man. Uh, shout out to Drake. He just dropped a very an album I'm very excited to be in Paris for the summer for. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, I filed down, I went back full my stash. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the vibes for the album just called for that. I was like, I'm going to need to <laughs> dance and I'm going to need to be in a full mustache when this album comes on out in public on mm-hmm. a rooftop in, in Bastille or something like yeah. that. So um, I, I decided to ca- carve back down, carve this marble down to the mustachio. And uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited for the summertime. Really excited for summertime. It's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be one of those summers. It's gonna be one of those ones to remember. Outside of like outside of the trip, why why do you think it's gonna be one of those summers? Well, let me try to pick my words carefully because I do still respect the COVID nineteen and all the variants yeah. and everything like that. But this is like, this is the official. People said last year, but this is like the first back outside summer, as to, to me, I feel like last year people were still hesitant Mm -hmm. like it wasn't people people talked about you know oh the summer's gonna be so crazy or whatever like people are back outside back outside like concerts or like what do you mean just everything's open just everything's open everything's open and people are less reluctant than they were last summer because last summer things were pretty open but people still weren't it was still weird it was still had some weird left and now it's like there's no weird left people are still you know being people still i think people respect covid enough but it's like there's no hesitancy. People yeah. are going back out. There's no weird like, you know, people are making up makeshift laws. Like only 15 people in here every 15 minutes. Like there was weird kind of things still happening. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're going to get it to capacity by the end of the night. But slowly, like we're only letting in 10 people at a time tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, so that stuff like there's none of that happening right now. So it just is like this is like the first official post-COVID summer as far yeah, as I'm concerned. I get that. You know, you know so I'm just excited. I mean, even just being able to go to another country. Yeah. It was still weird kind of like things last week, last year where it was like you can go, but it's you need to quarantine and weird things like that. You know, like this is the first official summer where you can get on a plane, go somewhere and you don't have to like fill out a r- report and tell them where you're staying and then stay there for seven days. So you need to go to the country for 14 days because five of them you technically need to be Quarantine, sheltered yeah. in the same place for yeah. five days and, or whatever. You know, like this is the first di- summer where it's like go live. Yeah. And so I'm true. excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun summer. And then, you know, so, you know, let's hope nothing that I just said causes a weird, like, uh, might. Cold War or it something might. like that. I thought like, 2020 was going to be the year. It was, that was, it <laughs> was the complete that? opposite of that. I remember the the complete. Complete. I think we had an episode. Is there like, a better word of, like, opposite? The opposite of yeah. great? <laughs> a lot of those. It was perilous. It was terrible. It was a terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. I remember, like, I feel like, yeah, Kobe died. Yeah. And then we were like, it can only go up from here. 
And then two months later, it was like, the world, the world is closed. closed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's closed. The world flipped the sign from open to close. And it was like, oh, wow. We shouldn't say shit like that on here then. She was wild. And I just really bigged up the summer. So the craziest. Hopefully. The craziest, yeah. Yeah. Ever, hopefully. Right? Hopefully that uh, I didn't just curse the summer. I would hope not, man. I hope you go and have a, a safe trip. I hope you go and come back safe. Yeah, of course. Piece, you yeah. Know. Yeah. Hey, you have man. Have a great time. Of course, that part. Yeah. I just mean nothing, no kind of other global catastrophe. I mean, something happens, you can get stuck over there forever. Well, let's not, let's not say that. Right. You know, let's not hope. Let's not say that part. You know, let's, you know, let's let's not do that. Um, <laughs> also, shout out to Joe Beasy, Joe Biden. He fell off his bike like a clown burger. I mean, you know, we all been there. He had too many too many canned wines, but you know, we all been there. Had a, you know, it's Father's Day weekend. He got a little sauce. Also, also, man, hey. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. My bad. My fault. So know, it's not a holiday I have a lot of respect for. So, you know, I, I tend to forget that it's happening. But, uh, you know, shout out to you, man. Doing Appreciate your thing. That. Shout out to all the fathers out there. I won't be doing me. nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, like, I won't I won't be moving the finger. Like, yeah, of course. That's a gift. I won't but be chilling. They're going to take you somewhere, right? Get you Absolutely. some steaks or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what would be your idea? What? Not to, that tomorrow needs to go this way. Okay. But what would be your ideal Father's Day? Ideal Father's Day. Ideal for, from, from top to bottom. Top Eight, to bottom. Wake up at. Um. Nine ish in the morning. Yeah. Oh, you get an early start to the nah. day. Well, I'm, I'm I like to wake up. You're I already up. Wake up early. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no Regardless. sleeping in. No. Nah. Okay. So you wake up to what? what Breakfast in bed. Breakfast. No. Not not in bed. Okay. Wake up some IHOP. I love some nice. Oh, you want to be taken to IHOP when you wake up? No, I want to be delivered to my house. Okay. <laughs> so you want Grubhub? <laughs> you want Grubhub IHOP? Yes. Like some great or DoorDash. Whoever's the sponsor. Yes. Um. Um. You want it delivered to you? Yes. But do you want yes. it like as soon as you like? Ah, wake up. Boom. Right there. Yeah. Are you a brush your teeth before you eat guy? No. Yeah, me either. So you're, you're yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the orange juice is nasty. The food's nasty. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it spoils the food. Exactly. So, yes, okay. So you, you're cool with waking straight up and it's like, we got it for you breakfast, already. Yeah, I'm ready to eat. But not in bed. Not in bed. You're not a breakfast in bed guy. Nah. So you get up, come down to Go the downstairs. dining room table like a human being. Yes, and eat. And, and you put the two, the fork and the knife in your yes. hand. And you tuck your like napkin. A civilized your, person. Yes. Yeah, you tap, tap, tuck your napkin into your neck. Yeah, sure. And then you bang on the table until they bring you the plate to your exactly. Plate. Would you eat it straight out of the container, or do you want to put on a plate? Nah, I put on the plate. Or you want you want a full human being? Yeah, I can yeah. <laughs> eat it right out of the carton like a fucking animal. <laughs> It's like, hard to cut. Yeah, no, that's okay. yeah you cut that's, through the styrofoam. That's, that's nuts, that's man. No, you got some dignity. Okay, so okay, so you enjoy breakfast. Does, yeah, does, yeah. does the fam have breakfast? Are we all eating? We all there? eating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all you got you, a nice family time. Ah, yep. You're laughing. You throw mm-hmm. pancakes at each other. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what families do. You're having a good time. <laughs> then that's done. What's next? Um, depends. Depends on if it's basketball season. Well, it's the, I mean, it's Father's Day is the same day every year, right? Isn't not it? true. All right, so no, it's not. So what I would do? Yeah, so I would do. Um, I'll just I'll just be chilling watching TV. That's it for the whole day. Yeah. I thought we was going by like okay, okay, so, okay, yeah. so okay, so now let's say it's let's say it's a uh, quarter to ten. You just okay. had breakfast. Now you watch TV for I'm a minute. Chill out. Not, I'm just ten forty-five because I'm not, full now. Yeah, so you need to let your food digest. Yeah, so you sit down, watch some Sports Center or something like whatever's yes. on Sports Channel till when? Till maybe like one or two. One or two. Wow, get nice four-hour session yeah. of TV. Yes, get okay. up, shower, go. Then I got me my rounds. I will see my pops. Okay, to dad. respect all the other fathers. Yes, and I go see my brother. Got it. And I, Pay them know, their respects. Yes, and I text a couple friends. Happy Father's Day. Boom, sure. Boom. Uh huh. You and text then, me, just like you know, just say hi. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> just to make. I just want to. I'm gonna be included. Okay, got you. Okay. Yes. Cool. You text. Uh, after I do that, I may depend on the time. I may go shopping. May go do buy myself a couple things. You know. But is the family involved in this, or is this your day? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No, we all go together. Okay. We all go to Maldi because they like. So because you're gonna go. So you're gonna go visit your pop pop. Gonna go visit your brother. Yes, yeah, family doing together. all that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go shopping, do a little shopping. Mm-hmm. Leave from there, then we gonna hang out with uh, Steph's 
parents. Yes, yeah, got to pay and respects then, to the, yeah, all the trees. Go, and then there's a party. They do a little thing every year. It's okay. a big party, and we saw the dads. Okay, there. yeah, some bad bunny, some um, yes. some papas fritas, you yeah, know, yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Some, yeah, some uh, sopes. Yeah, stuff. okay, so yeah. We eating that, and I'm I'm there for probably like the rest of the day. Okay, getting turned, getting you turned drink? up. Yeah, yeah, man. Tequila's out. Everything. Yeah, you got a um uh abuelito is there. Yes. I'm chilling with him. He doesn't speak English, but he we you drink. guys have a connection. You've told me he'll come and do a little yeah. tip, tip, his, tip his hand tequila, to his face. Yeah, drink like, some tequila. We just sit there and do that. Sure, like three four hours or whatever. Guadalajara, yeah. Guadalajara. Music just blasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, fucking with these vibes. Right, and then uh, go home and then chill out. What time do you get home? Oh, maybe like eleven. Oh man, belly full of tequila and, and carne asada, and I'm like, man, <laughs> that's a good day. Wait, that's a, that's a good day. Now gifts. Is there like a like Cake, you know, get some cakes. The family may buy gifts for uh, me. I don't know. It's a surprise, so I wouldn't know what it is. Sure. But yeah, man, I get home. I'm f- I'm f- drunk. Tequila. <laughs> I got a, you know, eating a steak, carne asada, yeah. Calves hurt a little bit from doing a little yeah, two-step. Uh, Definitely did a little two-step. Yeah, man. So it's it's a lot. It's, yeah, that's a lot. It sounds like a full day. It is a full day. But a good day. A Absolutely. full but good day. Yes. I like that, man. And what makes it even better now we got Juneteenth off now, so I don't have to go to work the next day. Oh, wow. So you can really go hard. Man. Man, I respect I'm that. Excited. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that. Yeah. Three-day week? I didn't even realize. Yeah, it's three-day yeah, weekend. Man. All I'm right, excited. man. I like a three-day weekend where the Monday's the day. The Monday? Exactly, you man. Know? I like I a thought Mon- it was just me. Man. No, no, no. Because Friday, like, for me, Fridays always feel like the end. Yes. So even if you have it off, it still feels like you had a long week. Yes. Now, when it's on Monday, the week, the next week feels shorter. Exactly. As opposed to, like, the long week feeling exactly. a little less and long. And Monday's, like, the worst day. Yeah. Just, I feel it's like. something it's about any, it. Just, it's something about Monday. It's just it's something like, about it. Because you had so much fun, it ends, and it's, it's like a, it's yeah. like a, a repeat. You were so high. You again. You were so high, and then you come back down. Monday's the come back down yeah, day. Yeah, man, it sucks. So, when you get that day off to recover, when you get that day off to recover, it really does do something. I think that should be, like, a. A national thing though just, just no mondays, mondays. Mon- no mondays i mean garfield had the right idea man garfield hates mondays i hate mondays everybody hates mondays man yeah. it's like you know listen whatever the opposite of big dick energy is that's what monday has like it's like <laughs> it's just monday's just like everybody's like uh yeah start. it's always quiet on monday people yeah. just don't nobody's happy tired. everybody's like i wish it was sunday again yeah i wish it was saturday again I had such a good you're like remembering the fun you had and now exactly. you're back at work yeah, so I like a nice Monday off. Me too, man. I think Monday's the superior three-day weekend for sure. I would agree. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was a good talk, man. I, you know, I have, again, happy Father's Day to you. Thank and you. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Shout out to all the mothers out there doing two jobs. Um, let's go ahead and I'm going to, I don't know, I'm not consistent with this, so I, I know what I said before we had a whole discussion, but let's go ahead and get into these. <laughs> let's go ahead and I listen, man, I fold <laughs> quick. I fold quick. I got a couple of messages that were like, um, I'm going to be signing up for Patreon exactly. and I want to hear my name. I, I told like, you. God damn, man. Okay. I, you're going to hear your name. You were going to hear your name no. anyway. No, it's just like, it's like buying something. You know, we both had this discussion. Sure. We don't like buying something or paying for something where we don't have you don't get it anything to show tangible for. Tangible right there exactly, in the moment. Man. I get that. All right. Okay. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Here we go. That's right. It's time for some shout outs. Okay. First up, uh, as I said, before we get into the shout outs, uh, we got new stuff coming down the pipeline. New mini sold out now. We'll probably be dropping. Once we get a few of them under our belts, we'll probably be dropping one periodically time into the 
regular feed of affirmative murder but we're going to build them up and keep them exclusive for some time for for all the patreon members out there but you know every once in a while we might drop some out into the real world uh up first we got a shout out to rihanna c okay rihanna shout out to you keep doing your thing she looks like she's glowing in her picture smiling from ear to ear having a great time probably knows that the summer is going to be She's going to fuck the summer up. You know what I mean? Uh, up next, we got Tia E. Shout out to Tia E. She's wearing some kind of a, a cowboy hat or a 4th of July hat. I don't know if that's a thing, but it looks like a, it looks like a cowboy hat, but American flag on it. I don't know. Uh, shout out to you. Keep doing your thing out there. Up next, we got Wendy S. Shout out to Wendy S. Keep doing your thing out there. I tell you what, you know where it's not Wendy <laughs> uh, on the Patreon because it's always a breeze to be on there well no uh never mind um up next we got angela c shout out to angela c keep doing your thing out there i've met so many angelas in my life and they've all been of just a delight they're all just great people some of my favorite people are named angela shout out to all the angels out there up next we got jody jody you want some more show to jody joe shout out to jody l shout out to you keep doing your thing out there uh jody uh jody's uh no uh never mind up next we got um, that's a business uh shout out to the red rose inn uh some kind of motel or something like that i don't know i don't know uh, they, they support us though so I, you know hey so i gotta get i get promo where promos do you put you you join the patreon i give you a commercial go to the red rose Inn as, as immediately the most comfortable beds around they still have the quarter slot where you slide the quarter into the machine and the whole bed vibrates yes and they still and, have a uh, disc uh cable Yes. <laughs> yeah, this cable. They still have they still have disc Godzilla, cable. Godzilla dish yeah, they, yeah, they got dish <laughs> at the top of the cable. They have six thousand channels and all the dirty ones are unlocked. Ooh, shout out to Red Rose Inn. Uh and lastly, shout out to uh, Alexandra S. Keep doing your thing out there. Shout, shout out to out. you. Much love and uh keep doing your thing. And uh yeah, man, those are all the shout outs, man. You know, people just you know showing love and I appreciate you guys signing up and getting that content. Or just signing up just to just to just to be cool. We appreciate both those things. You guys allow us to do really fun things like go to different cities when there's these conventions uh fran as you know i'm going to dallas mm -hmm. for the true crime podcast festival mm -hmm. um you cannot attend because you have a ticket a bunch of tickets so you can't fly out of the state for yeah. the rest of the summer um yeah but it's i'm gonna go hold it down and it's gonna be a fun time I'm gonna get to hang out with the homies out there uh you know uh rebecca sebastian and uh <sighs> Just all the homies out there. Just so many homies out there. All the homies. Shout out to Rebecca. Shout out, shout out to Rebecca. All the, I'm just late. Shout out Kelly from uh, True Crime IRL. Everybody from Brothers of Murder. Uh, uh, military Murder is going to be there. So many people, man. Just so many people, man. Good people. Hardworking people. People that really care about this industry and uh, have integrity. And I, that's what I appreciate about the people that I've met so far in this journey. And... I'm thankful to everybody who supports us. Uh, anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, I was inspired by ID Channel this past week did a, um, <laughs> oddly enough, I get what they were what they were doing. It's, True crime media is interested in this in a way. So Father's Day is coming up, so they did like a, a father's crime week, like a bunch of things. They introduced a new show called Sins of the Father, where you know fa father crimes, like fathers killing their families and stuff like that, just horrible things. But they used it like eh, fathers, you know. Um, and so that I went down that rabbit hole of like mm -hmm. stories like that, and so that's how I found my story. So I was it was inspired oh, by that weird promotion. Really start off my. Uh 
Father's Day day. Well, you just don't do this. Don't do this, and you're, <laughs> you're good. You're not a bad... Still, still a little bit of negativity in there. But yeah, yeah, you know, because I don't think they'd ever do that for Mother's Day. Let's get on a right. real soapbox about reverse. Right. That <laughs> that we just we just turn into a, 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 a fucking min- minimus podcast, whatever that, shit, whatever that dumb word is. Where, no, we're talking about men's rights, man. Why do the men got to be murderers? <laughs> they would never do all the murderers. Right. Moms on Mother's Day on ID channel. Nah, it's just it just was a weird promo thing that they did. But the show is good. I watched a couple episodes of Sins of the Father. It is good. Yeah, I mean, I good. Mean, can, it's in it. It's interesting. Like yeah. it's, it's you know interesting case. But I mean, like they put the emphasis on it on because it's Father's Day coming up. So they was like, oh yeah, here, watch this. We got a really good idea. You know, how Father's Day is coming up, right? <laughs> what if we just showed a bunch of content where fathers murder their children and their wives? That'd be fucking like on point, right? And then the whole writers' room was like, that's a great idea. I don't have any objection do. to that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they produced it and it came out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Lawrence Banks. Okay. okay my sources were the Baltimore Sun and Wikipedia. Mm, and, right. and Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a little local tale. Um, so, Lawrence Banks was born on June 7th, 1953 and grew up in the state of Maryland. By the age of 22, he was married to a woman named Vivian and they had an infant daughter named Dominique. On July 3rd, 1975, Lawrence put a knife to the throat of his wife and dragged her through their house. Okay. Even after Vivian told authorities her husband threatened to kill her, the charges against her were later dropped at her request. We've heard this I cycle before. That. You know, I mean, he told her he told her it would never happen again or he threatened her or whatever the case may be, yeah. but she ended up dropping the charges. Five months later, on December, December 27th, 1975, after yet another argument with Vivian, Lawrence threw his seven-month-old daughter, Dominique, mm. through a glass door. Seven months old. My goodness. Glass man. door. Her injuries required 22 stitches. Seven-month-old baby. Seven-month-old baby. I mean, that's like a massive, I mean, that's a massive scar and pain and trauma. It's like throwing a pillow. Yeah, I mean. Seven-month-old babies are extremely light. Yes, and threw her through a glass. I mean, she could have fallen on one of the shards. It just could have gone so bad. It just, goodness, is, it just is, it's a crazy thing to do. I think when it comes to, you better talk about this, but like harming babies, like something is. It's just something extra on it. Yes. It's, it's just like, such a pure thing. It's yes. such a pure, innocent thing. Like it just is like, it did nothing to you. Nothing. It did nothing to you. It's done nothing it's not, to anybody. It's no threat at all to it's, you. Yeah. And just even like a mo- anything. It hasn't harmed you. It hasn't wronged you. It hasn't talked to you in a disrespectful. It's a child. Any child. Five, two. They're ch- it's the most pure, innocent thing on the planet. And you're like, Fuck this kid and threw it through a threw it through a glass window. It's like fucking disgusting. So he was arrested for that. And while he was out on bail, bail. yeah, he was out. He got he got out on bail. And while he was out on bail, Vivian Banks was found dead in the closet of an apartment she had been living in. And although Lawrence was a prime suspect, he avoided murder charges because the body had been in the apartment closet for so long that it had decomposed over several weeks Mm. and the cause of death could not be determined. Wow. So he is just an unsolved case. What? Yeah. Uh, after facing trial for assaulting his infant daughter, who's now motherless, Lawrence Banks was convicted and sentenced to 15 years in prison. He was released in December of 1988. In the fall of 1991, Dominique and her brother, 17-year-old Lawrence Jr., accused their father of beating them. Dominique also said that he had raped her while, she, while, mm. he was, while he was drunk. So Dominique is now, she was seven months old in 1975. So she's now 10, 15, 15 16 years old. And uh, so he's traumatized, he traumatized her since her birth, 
comes around, gets her out of, right out of prison, comes yes, back around, yeah. starts traumatizing her again and beating her older brother. So on November 19th, 1991, Lawrence fatally shot his drinking buddy, 36-year-old Michael Chisholm. Drinking buddy? Yeah, like they, they would drink together. Um, uh, Michael. I mean, I know what it is. But I'm, just oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying like, so it's not his friend. He just. I mean, yeah, they're friends, but they, that's what they do together. They like they just, like, they get, they get drunk together. That's the, they didn't also like, you know, have hobbies. They didn't do woodworking. Like they would meet up and drink a fifth or something and get drunk. So argue. They probably argue all the time. That's how, yeah, that's how this fucking happened. So, yeah. So uh, his name was Michael uh, Chisholm. And just hours later, after shooting that his drinking buddy, he fatally shot his own son, Lawrence Jr. What? In the kitchen of the foster home that the teenager was living in at the time. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he went and tracked down his son for whatever reason. They got into some kind of argument or whatever they didn't. He didn't. The like same the night. Same night. After. Right this after. fucking guy. Went man. from there to there. He was just drunk. Drunk and mad. And, you know, it's crazy. So he shot his son. This is where it continues to get I me. Mean, this guy had a horseshoe up his ass or something. I don't know. So he shoots his drinking buddy, Michael uh, Chisholm. He then goes and shoots his son, Lawrence Jr., um, at the foster home that he was living at. That's because, crazy. That's so wild. that tells me possibly that Vivian was his mother and he left this kid. He went to prison. Not that he should have custody, but he left his, he left his son without parents. And he's in a foster home. As soon as he gets out of prison, he starts terrorizing his kids. Um, so he shoots and kills his son in the foster home that he was staying in. And due to problems with witnesses and evidence... Prosecutors reluctantly allowed him to plead guilty to one count of second degree murder. What? And no contest to another count of second degree murder. Lawrence received two concurrent 20 year sentences and was released from prison in October of 2002. Why is it second degree? I mean, he could have said it was self-defense with his drunk buddy. Look at this. And could have said it was self-defense with his son. But because there were a lack of witnesses, they didn't want to push for anything that they couldn't prove. So they probably just let, they let him plead out to second degree and give him 20 years with a no contest on one of the murders because they didn't think they had enough evidence to prove it. So they gave him two. Out This concurrent thing is so weird to me, but they gave him two concurrent 20 year sentences. So they run together, which is dumb. I don't even why well, give him two. You know, it's like I guess it's just like we, we close the case on the books like that. That's the only thing I can think of is why you would give somebody two 20 year sentences and let them serve them at the same time. Doesn't make so you just serve 20 years. Yeah. I, I would love for like a law student or a lawyer or something that we have as a listener to explain that the concurrent thing to me. I've never understood it. Like these two sentences are to run concurrent. You got a seven year sentence and a 10 year sentence. They're going to run concurrently and you get out in 10 years or whatever. I don't think that would have been a bad example, but I'm just saying like you serve them both at the same time. Instead of 17 years, you get, you know, you serve them both at the same time. Crazy. It's just weird. So he murdered two people. And got a 20-year sentence. And he was released from prison in October of 2000. That's stupid. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I've never liked I've never understood it, and I never liked it. Like, you get, so 20 years and 20 years, those are the two sentences for two separate crimes. 40 years. Why? Why can't they give you, like, a, why can't they give you a, a get one, get the other one half off? Yeah, like, you know, let's, let's split the diff. Yeah. We got you 20 and 20, you got to serve 35 years. Or, yeah. or 30. You know, like, why is it like you can do them at once and just get out? Serving one of the punishments? Anyway, in 2004, Lawrence, who now went by Malik uh, Samartani. What? I don't know if he became Muslim or something like that in prison, oh. but I would assume that's what it is. Um, so he now went by Malik uh, Samar Samartani, and uh, he was charged with assaulting his second wife, Patricia. So he got out, and within two years, he, he was married, married again. again. Wow. Uh, she accused him of choking her and threatening to kill her. 
very familiar to what he did to he Vivian. He his name all he, all he wants. He's the same, same guy. Yeah, Leopard can't change his spots. Uh, Malik spent nine months in jail awaiting trial before being acquitted. So once again, I mean, I don't know if she dropped the charges. Whatever happened, he, Man, he got bulletproof. skating by. Yeah. Teflon Lawrence doesn't really have the same ring. Um, on December 1st, 2006, 50, now 53-year-old Malik's new girlfriend's daughter, 22-year-old Lisa Brown, received a protective order against him after an argument over money that he borrowed from her in which he threw it at her. Probably stole it. Well, he, it, I think uh, this is what I think happens. And these, these are the worst people to me. The, the PSA. Just do PSA. I think he asked her to borrow some money. Mm-hmm. And then he was taking Mad Long to give her her money back. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, hey, Malik, Malik, um, you owe me money. And he's like, eh, it's only $20. Like, oh, it's only $20. It's, it's only $20 now, but, but you, you needed it. it. Right. When, it wasn't only $20 when you asked me for it. <laughs> now I'm being annoying and it's just you bothering me for $20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, you were begging and pleading when it was for the $20. And I think it was that kind of situation. He was like, man, take this funky ass $20. And he threw it in her Throw face. pennies. Probably. Change. I mean, he assaulted her enough that she went and got a protective order. So he either said some threatening stuff yeah. or it was hard money. It wasn't soft cash. So I think that's what happened. Like she bought, she lent him, she lent him the money and then he got all like pissy when somebody's asking for their money back. Yeah. You don't get to do that. And don't let me catch you out enjoying life with my money that you owe me. Don't let me catch you out enjoying a five for five somewhere or getting a nice. What are you going to do? I'm going to be like, oh, does that taste good? I mean, you know. To him? Yeah, I'm gonna go to him. If I see a, if I, yeah, if I see it to him, <laughs> no, nah, not, not this guy, not this guy, <laughs> not a bad example, but like a person that I don't, hey, I get it, don't think yeah, is a yeah, danger yeah. to society, yeah, uh, somebody that I lent money to when they really were like, come on, I just need this, man, I need it till Friday, I'll pay you back, man, my yeah. car, baby formula, that kind of, I didn't have a lot of people hit me with some crazy shit. Before. Oh yeah, me too. So that kind of thing, I give you the money out of the kindness of my heart. Mm. You tell me you're gonna pay me back Friday. I don't hear from you Friday. I text you, you don't respond back to me. And then I just catch you, I'm out, I'm like, all right, whatever. For me, I go, it's $20, man, whatever. I'll, I'll see him when I see him. But then I go out to enjoy my weekend. You know, I just got my mustache nice and trimmed up. I'm going out, Drake just dropped an album. I'm going out to have a good time. Yeah. And I see you where I'm going to go spend money. I'm seeing you out in the clubs where I'm going to go get me a white wine spritzer and have a good time. And you're out drinking. Yeah. I'm going to go over to you, I'm going to be like, hey man, what's up, man? You, uh, you enjoying yourself? I mean, what's up? You know, you, you know, you owe me money, you didn't return my phone calls. No, man, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, you know I was like, oh, you're saying what? Shoes look nice. Those those new. <laughs> you can't say anything to me. I see you out having a fun time. Yeah, and you owe me money. We got a we got a discrepancy. We got a discrepancy. It's a problem. We got a problem. Now, Mister Malik, some some. No, he can he can enjoy my money. He get it, get it to me when you get a chance. You get around to it when you get around. It's only hey, it's only twenty dollars, man. It's just twenty dollars. It's for, it's what it's fine. It's fine. If I might see him out and I get nervous, where I'm like, hey man, hope I, just wanna, I just want to let you know, get it to me whenever you want, get it, whenever you get around yeah. to it. Just full. It's fine. It's fine. No problems at all. <laughs> You know, that's type of, yeah, no. When you know somebody's thorough, you get, you, I'm not coming with yeah, bass in my voice. Play your cards sure. right, you got you to know. You got to know. You got to gauge the situation. Hold you got to gauge the situation. Yeah. Quick note. Yes. Speaking of borrowed money, I remember one time, one of the funniest things that ever happened, I remember we had a buddy. I'm not going to say his name. Okay. But we had a buddy who was on unemployment. Gotcha. And, you know, because he got fired or something. I think he got oh, okay, yeah. sleeping in his car. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking, that was dumb. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I, the unemployment doesn't pay you that much money. And we caught him out one day at the mall. He had a bag, Jordans oh, yeah. in the bag. <laughs> he had an Auntie Hands pretzel. I was like, you living, ain't you? Living? <laughs> so you, you, making this, you making it work, ain't you? You stretching it out, aren't you? I was, man, that's, man. That's, that was wild. Priorities. That's crazy shit I've heard. Priorities, man. Priorities. Uh, anyway, back to the story. 
<laughs> Can't be borrowing money from Uncle Sam and buying Jordan with Uncle Sam money, man. Come on, man. That's supposed, that's supposed to feed you and stuff. Come on, come on, come on, man. Uh, so um, on May 12, 2019, baby Dominique, who's now forty-three year a forty-three year old mother of six, was discovered dismembered in a garbage bag what? that was sitting in a shopping cart hidden outside of a dumpster in Northwest Baltimore. No. Her head, hands, feet, and lower legs were missing and have never been recovered. Wow. Officers interviewing a neighbor who heard some arguing on the night of May 10th, just two days before, you know, that's something they found out when they were canvassing the area. Mm -hmm. They also found a security camera video from that day um, that showed a man with a limp in a white jacket and a hoodie wheeling a shopping cart toward where Foster was found. So they got a guy. They got a guy on camera wheeling a shopping cart. Her ba- her body was found in a shopping cart, and then they said, "Why keep handling that woman alone?" We don't know who it is yet, Fran. I haven't told you yet. We don't know yet. But the neighbors heard some arguing, and a a, a person was seen on camera wheeling a shopping cart to where her body was found. The dead woman remained unidentified for several weeks until detectives released images of her tattoos which were recognized by loved ones, which mm. is just like terrible. They didn't have her head, though. They didn't have her head or hands or feet. They couldn't do fingerprint analysis, dental records. I don't, I don't know if there's feet prints, but nothing. They couldn't do anything. And so they just had to release torso pictures of like a chest tattoo yeah. or something like that. And that's how you got to go, that's my mom. Yeah. Or that's my brother or my friend. or I know that tattoo. That's fucking sad. And then so people came forward and that said that was her. And then they did a blood test from the body that they had. And it matched her DNA yeah. that they had on record from her medical. You know exactly or whoever is you know exactly what they was doing. Right? That's crazy. Like to take the things that have prints, yeah. and take the things that have dental records, and that's like so calculated and evil and gross. There's a f- crime scene photo of the body, well, in the, the of the bag in the cart, and there's other bags around, and it just looks like a bunch of trash. Mm. It's so fucking. It just looks like a bunch of trash out by a dumpster. Really fucking tragic way to treat a human being, but. Um, like I said, she she remained unidentified for a few for a couple of weeks until they released images of her tattoos, which were recognized by loved ones. Uh, DNA analysis confirmed that the remains belonged to Dominique Foster, and detectives got a warrant to search Banks's apartment, also known as Malik, but Lawrence Banks. Um, they searched his apartment. They found blood and other evidence. They also seized a thirty-eight caliber handgun with five bullets in the magazine. Homicide detectives uncovered text messages exchanged between Dominique Foster and her father that day that the body was disposed of. The Baltimore Sun reported that in some of the text messages that they reported that some of the text messages introduced at the trial were of Banks telling Foster that she disgusted him with her drug use and that she was undeserving of being his daughter. Mm. Keep in mind, this is a guy that allegedly killed her mother, even though it's never been confirmed, but allegedly killed her mother, threw her through a window when she was a baby. Mm -hmm. Seven months. Seven months old. Gets out of prison after serving 15 years for doing that. Kills her brother. Goes back to prison. Rapes her. Rapes her. Yeah. Forgot that part. Rapes her. So traumatizes her double, doubly. Yeah. Goes back to prison. So now she has to live with her life over her shoulder. This guy keeps getting out. He never goes away. He's going to come back. Serves another 15 or so years or whatever. Gets out. Well, seven months. I, I, I'm not... I try to be like to help him out, but she probably didn't remember that. She remembers that scar, a 22 inch scar. She had that into her adulthood. That's not a small thing. I get that. But I mean, like, as far as like the trauma she had to go through 
as an infant. Sure, I'm, sure you remember that. But I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just saying. You'd be yeah. surprised. Yeah, true. You'd be true. surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It might not be straight up like you remember what happened, but you might flinch at the sight of this person. You know, it could just be ingrained in your DNA from the yeah. trauma of the event. But either way, she was fully cognizant and aware when he sexually assaulted her when she was 15 years yeah. old. So, yeah, yeah. and he goes away, comes back out, and is now. Uh, harassing her and telling her she's a drug addict and he shouldn't you're you're not worthy of being my who the fuck are you you're not worthy of being my daughter because you're suffering with addiction you know so willie foster who's uh, dominique's husband said that his wife had been trying to reconnect with her father after returning to baltimore mm. so she was trying to do the right thing yeah she was trying to forgive this person and grow and whatever and anyway i'll proceed foster and his wife moved to north carolina 15 years prior to her murder but in the year leading up to it, his wife returned to Baltimore and was staying with her sister. Foster said his wife kept her father from him for the reasons of he, him believing because of the trauma that she told Willie he had, she had suffered at the hands of the man who f- was formerly known as Lawrence Banks. So he, he didn't know her father, and he thinks it's because of the things that she told him. Like, I'm not going to introduce you to him because I haven't repaired the relationship yet. Yeah. So he knew of he knew of Lawrence Banks and the horrible things that he did, but he didn't really know him because she kept him from her husband. During his trial, defense attorney Deborah Levy theorized that Foster could have been killed by members of the MS-13 street gang, mm. which I guess is, is a good attempt as a defense attorney. It was a brutal murder. They dismembered her. Yeah. These Mexican mafia type gangs are known to do that. But I mean, the blood was found in this guy's apartment. I mean, anyway, at Malik's sentencing hearing, she also asked that her client's guilt, guilty verdict be set aside because police did not investigate whether Foster was a victim of the D.C. area shopping cart killer. Mm. Now, we discussed this guy briefly. We never fully covered the case, but this happened. This case happened a few months ago. There was like in the Fairfax, Virginia area, a woman was found in a shopping cart. And then it turned out that they found another body somewhere and then there was a serial killer on the loose for like two days yeah. and then they arrested this guy. They her, his defense, his defense attorney tried to propose saying like they didn't try to, she was Dominique was found in a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. So they went in, in Baltimore though, which Virginia is not terribly far from here, but it's a little out of the way of where the story was coming out of. But she tried to say they didn't write off this person, the shopping cart killer as a suspect in her murder. So they didn't fully do their job. Right. Mm. So anyway, Anthony Eugene Robinson, who is 35 years old of Washington, is accused of targeting women through the dating sites like uh, Tinder and some of the other ones and luring them to area motels where he would beat them to death. His moniker stems from allegations that he used the shopping cart to transport at least three of the four known victims bodies after killing them. That's crazy. You remember this story? Yeah. I remember yeah. OK. Yeah, just, yeah. Making, just making sure. Uh, Robinson is accused in four murders and authorities said in January that they believe a fifth victim can be linked to the alleged serial killer. So she was like, they didn't do any due diligence to make sure that this guy, Anthony Robinson didn't kill Dominique and the judge circuit judge, Jennifer Schiffer denied Levy's request. Mm. Like, no, we no, Yeah. They didn't do that. Cause it wasn't him. So, Jurors heard transcripts of text messages that Banks sent to Foster's grown children, alleging that she had contracted HIV while seeking drugs in the city streets. He also sent his grandchildren videos of their mother injecting herself with drugs. Mm. So he really looked down on her and yeah. stigmatized her and really just treated her like shit when he's supposed to be her father. And 
you're not helping by doing this. Like your your daughter who justifiably is going through probably a lot of mental health issues because of the trauma that you inflicted on her and maybe fell prey to drug addiction and you're now making her feel like shit and like a bad person and filming her um taking the why why is he why is he doing this to turn her children against her to be like look how look at this awful person look how awful she is she has hiv like just like a really shitty person what what does that do though what's what's his benefit i don't understand what he's getting out of that he just wants the world to know that she's bad i don't really know i can't get into his mind because he's a piece of shit you know like i can't really i couldn't tell you what his motives are you know i don't i don't really know but he wanted to ruin her life or whatever was left of her life because she clearly was struggling but he wanted to even take her he wanted to take her children away from her mm. you know probably the one thing in this world she had was her family and he's like no look your mom's a drug addict she has uh hiv she's awful you guys shouldn't talk to her like that's what he wanted to do to his daughter so uh foster had been trying to get clean she left one treatment center because her father was harassing her according to prosecutors so this guy she comes into town in baltimore She's trying to get her life together, trying to reconnect with her father, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't really know the sequence of events, but she ends up leaving a treatment center because her father was showing up there and probably being like, you're faking. Like, you're not really going to follow through with this. You're going to relapse. Like, just the worst things you I don't, could possibly I just, hear. I don't understand addict. what he's. What's the point of all this? He's an awful person. I just don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't say anything other than that. He's, he's an awful He does person. know it's his child, though, right? He's not he like, knows it's his child, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely knows that. Uh, so Banks was sentenced to 41 years in prison for the 2019 murder and dismemberment of his daughter, Dominique Foster. What? At age 60, not at age 68, he is expected to spend the rest of his days behind bars. Now, the reason that he got 41 years and not like a full life sentence is because once again, it was shaky. Like they didn't, they didn't have him dead to rights. So they had evidence in his apartment. Even at trial, he was saying that I didn't do this. So, you know. With the evidence that they had, they were able to sentence him with whatever they could sentence him with, and it amounted to 41 years in prison, which is still crazy for the crime that he committed. So he, once again, he kind of got off, you know? And if we're talking about you and your beliefs, he could survive this sentence. I mean, 68 years, he's 68. So 68 years, what's that, like 111? Why have my beliefs, though? What is that? Well, you want to live to be 110 or 30 or whatever it is that you want to be. So 68 plus 41 is 109. That's doable. That's doable. And this is a guy that skated on shit that he should have he never seen the light of day in prison. If he's in there working out, he might. He might do it. He might, he might pull, pull it off. off. You know, like, so, you know, that's crazy. You know, he could serve that 41 and get out. And mentally, I can, if this I was like him. like Michael Myers, man. If it's crazy. I, I mean, like, mentally, if I was him, I will go. I could be. I can. I, I'll be out. Just out of spite. Not. No. Only because he didn't get a life. I feel like it's different when you're in oh, prison. When you, you get have a life. life and you get life. You give up mentally. You like. What, you just. But give if you up. got like forty years. Uh, yeah. Ago, there's a date. You got a I date. Can, I can. I can do this. You can go. My my date is. You know. You can circle June eleventh. Yeah. Two thousand fifty one or yes. whatever. It, I don't know what it is, yes. but like you can circle a date on the calendar. I think you go by your days a little differently when you have a when date. You have a date. Yeah. That's that's just that's a good point. That's a good point. And when you're just so full of like hate and anger, like this yeah. guy is, he might just do it just to say fuck you to everybody. He might like just he might even just do it just to walk out and then drop dead right there. Like yeah. I fucking I served it, yep. and just fall dead right there as soon as he walks out of the prison because that's the kind of spiteful, sick fucking guy this person is. So yeah, yeah fuck him and uh, yeah, fuck that guy. 
Um, it's a good story, man. Yeah, rest in peace to Dominique, man. Um, rest in peace to his son, Lawrence Jr. Rest in peace to Vivian. A lot of victims. Rest in peace to Michael, his drinking buddy. This guy left a lot of horrible shit in his wake, man. You know, hope, I hope he has a bad time in jail. I hope they found out what he did and they give him a hard time about it, whatever that amounts to. Actually, you know what? Let me take that back because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fight that. I'm going to try to fight that because what? what I just said was I hope he gets like tortured and assaulted in prison. And it's like to wish that on somebody acknowledges that prison is a fucked up system. It is. Though. It is. It is. But I'm now hoping that it like eats a person. Like I'm hoping to it, somebody that deserves it. Yeah. yeah, sure. But like, I just, I also, I'm just trying to, I, I'm just working, I'm just working on stuff. And like, we should not, we should want people to be being re- rehabilitated in prison. We wish we shouldn't want them to be like animals that, you know, attack people when they find out certain things. We should want them to be being helped and become better pe- and be able to be reintegrated back into society. So the idea that I'm acknowledging like, yeah, man, dudes get raped in prison and I hope you'd get raped in prison. You know, like any of that type of stuff. That's what I'm saying when I say that. Like, I hope that all those things that we hear about prison, don't drop the soap. All that stuff is like, we shouldn't want that to be happening in prison, even though it does. And we're not doing anything to change that anytime soon. Like, we can't change that. But like, we shouldn't want it to be happening. So I shouldn't want to like weaponize it against somebody. Well, we want a lot of things, but man, but it's- and, That's and true. It I, it, prison is prison. And um, <laughs> yeah. it's not, I don't think it's going to be some day where we see like a bunch of dudes graduating and, yeah. you know, in this prison is like, everybody's, you know, helps people and we help each other read and stuff. I'm sure there's examples of it and that's great. But I'm just saying like, I don't want to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to de- deprogram that out of my brain of like, yeah, man, <laughs> um, they're going to really like you in, in jail. Like, I know what I'm saying when I say that stuff. Don't drop this, all that stuff. I know what I'm saying when I say that stuff and it's like, we shouldn't glorify that, even if it's against somebody that deserves it. So I don't know. Just trying to work on. This got, you know, life's about learning and unlearning. You know, just trying to grow. Um. So yeah, but that was my story. That was my affirmative murder. That was the story of Lawrence Banks, aka Malik, whatever his other name was, and uh, how he murdered his daughter. So uh, yeah, happy Father's Day, friend. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some more fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, welcome back. It's my turn to go. Um, I'm doing something a little different this week. Okay. Um, you know me, when I go look at my stories, I put in like just a this broad, you know, these broad terms and I'll just I'll just pick I'll yeah. just read what I can I can get. Whatever so I grab, found, whatever grabs your Yeah, I came across this crazy story. Um it's called the story about the uh the silent twins. The silent twins. Of June and Jennifer Gibbons. Oh, okay. So June and Jennifer Gibbons were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. The Gibbons family moved from Barbados to United to United Kingdom in the early 1960s as part of the Windrush generation. Hmm. The Windrush Windrush wind Windrush generation. So the Windrush generation was uh, between 1948 and 1970. Nearly a half a million people moved from the Caribbean to Britain, uh, which in 1948 faced severe labor shortages. Um, in the wake of the Second World War, those who came to the UK around this time were later referred to as the Windrush Generation. That's also, those people had to deal with, you know, being deported and of um, course, um, and stuff like that. But, that time. but also, like that's interesting because I never, I don't, I never really understood. I don't know like the relation, like geographically. I know what you're about to say because I, I was thinking the same exact thing. Yeah, because it's like I wonder why you know black British people are like Wagwan, yeah. Ting, yep. these yep. these things. It's like yep. yeah. 
why, like I knew it was because they were Caribbean, yeah. but I never knew why there the was such a heavy Creole, Bayesian Creole um that that lingo. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's what it comes up because this is how these girls kind of communicate. They use that that Bayesian Creole to talk. Okay, but they was in you know the UK, the London, UK. Yeah. But it's like when they put they was I'm getting to it. Okay, that's interesting though. I yeah. never really. That's like I knew that there was a there's a lot of Jamaican people in yes. the UK. Same as in Toronto. It's just, it's interesting. Yeah, they're like sister cities, kind of. Yeah, like, you know, London and Toronto, kind of. They have the same dialect a little bit. Yes, but I never knew why there were so many Caribbeans in either one. I still don't. Yeah, maybe it's something similar with Toronto, but it's, I didn't know. Those are second generation, yeah. third generation, even now of these wind yeah. rush, wind rush generation, wind yeah. rush generation. Well, that's yep. interesting. So Gloria was a housewife, and Aubrey worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. The couple also had two more daughters, Greta, born in 1957, and Rosie, born in 1967, and a son, David, who was born in 1959. In 1960, Aubrey went to stay with a relative in Coventry and soon qualified as a staff technician. Gloria followed with Greta and David several months later. The twins were born on April 11, 1963, at a military hospital in Aden, Yemen, where their father had been deployed. The family soon relocated first to England and in 1974 to Havard Forest, Wales. The twin sisters were inseparable and their language, which was a sped up Bayesian Creole, made, in, made it difficult for people to understand them. Are you saying Beijing Creole? Beijing, B-A-J-B-A-J-A-N. Oh, okay. Yeah, so again, back to what we were just talking about a second ago. Uh-huh. The dialect and, you know, the language they used was Bayesian Creole, but it was sped up and they kind of like um, customized it a little bit. Sure. To, so they, they like can, their own language. Those, those two can only understand it. Got it. So, Got and it. then I just, <laughs> so what I did was I get on YouTube and just trying to figure out, you know, I've heard, the, I've heard the, the uh, people speak it before. Sure. You know, um, with the accent and everything. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to dive deep into it and then a couple of all these YouTube channels coming up, people ask questions like what terms do people use? And it's like yeah. all these Caribbean people, you know, got uh <laughs> saying all these different crazy words like um uh it was one is one famous one called Ros Roshole. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a famous one. Ross. Um, yeah, Roshole and I don't give a Ram Goat was one of them. Sure. <laughs> I was like, man, these this shit is wild, but people go, but they was asking people and then they was like, So give me a some give me a term that you use and they'll say it and they go, Oh, what's name said that? Oh, he said that already? Oh, um, and then they got to think of another one. <laughs> but it's like they all know. It's like they, they, know, all, the terms, they yeah. know the terms. Suck your mother. Yeah, I just, it, it, yeah. It, was, it was funny. It's interesting. It really is interesting. Like, cause like, that's like a really common term in like urban London, UK is like Wagwan. Yeah. Like that, but like, yep. that's, that's Patois. Like, that's a Jamaican type of thing. But they have, they go from there and being them, be like, what, bruv, what are you saying, bruv? Yeah. But they'll, you know, but then they'll throw in Jamaican slang. Yeah. And I, and I knew it was because they were Jamaican. I just didn't know how such a heavy Jamaican population got to the UK. Yeah. You know, African, I understand more uh, in, a, in a way because it's close. I don't know how close the Caribbean is to the UK. Mm. You know, I don't really know geographically. Yeah. But I know now, but regardless of the relation, how close it was, there was like a heavy immigration to to the country at a right. point and then those people stayed and had kids and now you're like a you you're like a uk citizen but you're jamaican and you yeah. had this kind of hybrid ebonics yeah. with jamaican terms mixed in with you know english so that's yeah i thought the same thing when i read this i go oh okay this is kind of where it, where it came from where it came from yeah so the family's children were the only black children in the community 
all of the children were often ostracized at school. This proved to be traumatic for the twins, eventually causing their school administrators to dismiss, dismiss them early each day so they, so they can avoid being bullied. So, you know, before the school, end, the school day and they were just like, essentially just started sneak them out the back door before Man, school ended. Racism was always a global problem, huh? Yeah. It was just everywhere. Yep. Damn. Also, they didn't talk to anybody. They were to themselves, those two. They didn't talk to anybody. So their language became even more weird uh, at this time. So soon it was just hard for other people to, f- this, you know, their secret language was just so, they kept it so secret, just those two. So other people around them, like, don't you know, know nurses happening. or like um, guidance counselors or like uh, That's hard. psychiatrists, they couldn't get to them because it's like, we don't know what there's, and they don't, and they won't talk, they won't open us, they won't open up to sure. us. So That's, we don't know what, what they're talking about. That's super tight. I fucks with that. James Cameron does it. He's brilliant. He, he wins all kinds of awards and stuff like that. He made up the whole, all that shit in Avatar. He made it up. But he's cool when he does it. Yeah. Fuck out of here. They made up a whole <laughs> language, man. That's cool. Yep. That's, you know, shit, that's cool. So their language, or idioglacia, which is which means, what, uh, so whatever the way they were speaking was poorly artic- articulated or cryptic, mm-hmm. that other people that, the other people when they heard it, they couldn't understand it or believe that it was, it was all made up. Right. So another fact that I came across was about 40% of twins, mostly identical twins, will develop some form of autonomous language using nicknames, gestures, abbreviations, or terminology that they only use with each other. Yeah, man. Twins are, que- are creepy, man. I know there's a lot of like dude fantasies and whatever of like, oh, man, twin girls, that's so hot or whatever. But twins freak me out. I, I think, don't it's, think cool, it's I think it's cool how they can they just have this connection that nobody else has. No, but like they're the same person, though. That's weird. Like that that's is cool. weird. Like they were one thing in in the utero and then that one thing split off and it's the same exact thing. I think it's cool. I had two twins. I used to go to I used to grow up with two twins that went to the same school. Identical? School. Yes. Amber and Nicole. It's okay. dressed alike and everything. That's weird. That's so we hit middle school, you could see where they kind of like became their own became people. their own person, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> stop being like cute. Yeah, but it's weird, man. And then I remember reading an article, and it could be fake. It could be fake. I, let me say now, it could be fake. But I read an article where two sets of twins dated each other. Like they were twi- the girls were twins, the guys were twins. They had kids. Kids genetically are brother and sister, are brothers. Like the kids that they had mm-hmm. genetically. Are not are not cousins. They're like genetically brothers. That, is that safe? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, because like the two, they're not re- the right. The boy gotcha. and the girl aren't related, but Got like it. their kid, their genetics make the kid like brothers. Bro- they're brothers somehow. And I, I I don't have the science to back up what I'm saying. I'm just I read an article. I read a headline. I read a headline <laughs> and saw a picture. <laughs> and yeah, I read a headline. I didn't read an article. I read a headline and that That's was what crazy. I saw. And I was like, of course, it's the fucking freaky man. Twins are freaky, man. It's weird. It sounds a little messy. Yeah, it's super. Why would you want to do that? Why was like, oh, we're twins, but that's the kind of weird brain that they have. I think twins have like weird god complexes. They think they're special and stuff, so they do weird shit like that. Oh wait, what twin, twin, twin speaking? Let's date twins. They want to do weird shit like that. That's cool though. They have just, twin conventions. Do they? Yeah. That's cool to go to. I guess is it? I would love I to know, go that's, that. That's, that's that'd be it's two of those people. Yeah, but if you're a twin, cool. But if you walk into a thing like you don't know that's happening, you walk in, you're like, I'd have a panic attack. Just a bunch of the same person walking around everywhere. That's fucking terrifying, man. I'd be thinking I was hallucinating. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you know you walk into a room like that? I don't know. You just walk in. Maybe you think this is the weekend for the auto show, and then you walk in. And it's just a bunch of the same person walking around everywhere, talking to each other in secret languages and laughing the same way. Just scare the shit out of me. Freak me out, man. I think that would be cool to go to. As not a twin, 
Just yeah, just it's not a twin, just to go. Yeah. See what people look like. So they all sacrifice you because you're not a twin. You're not. You're not a, one of their kind. I doubt it. Get a little steep, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you on. I'm on. I'm anti-twin. <laughs> I'm anti twin. Down with when, twins. I'm anti twin when you see little girls and it's like in a haunted house and they're singing. And That's laughing. what's the yeah, but every twin could be those twins. They just choose to not be sometimes. Every twin could be like, hello at the same time. Hello, friend, how are you? Every twin could do that. They could just be that at some point. No, they yeah, they could just all be creepy like that at some point if they wanted to. Just because they're not little girls. No. Two grown ass men talking to you at the same time would scare the shit out of me. No wouldn't. You watch too many movies, man. Moving I on. I mean, I can't argue with that. The language or this <laughs> Idioglacia qualified as an example of cryptofascia. Cryptofascia is a phenomenon of a language developed by twins, identical or fraternal, mm-hmm. that only two children can understand. The word has its roots from Greek, crypto, meaning secret, and fascia, meaning speech. Amplified by the twin simultaneous actions, which often mirrored, mirrored each other. Mm-hmm. The twins became increasingly reserved and eventually spoke to one Spoke, sorry, spoke to no one except each, except each other and the young sister Rosie. So they would talk to themselves mm-hmm. and they would talk to baby Rosie. Or This is all very Rosie. weird. I don't like it. The girls continued to attend school, although they refused to read or write. In 1974, a medic administering a vaccination, I'm sorry, administering vaccinations at the school noted their unresponsive behavior and notified a children psychologist. The children began seeing a succession, a succession of therapists who tried unsuccessfully to get them to communicate with others. So this happened multiple times. Didn't happen just once. It's terrifying. They weren't sent. To, they so then they were separated. So then they tried. I know they didn't. Like we got to get them apart from each other. So let them like you know they gotta, flourish. Yeah. Become people in society. Yes. So they were. Si- I don't want to say all that. They are people in society. They just, no, they're not. They're, they're just, keeping to themselves. They're only they speaking in this man. weird language they made up. It's odd. They were sent to separate boarding schools in an attempt to break their isolation. But, they, but the pair became catatonic and entirely mm. withdrawn from withdrawn when parted. So they made it worse. Yeah. These, I mean, they were all they had. Was like either two. I'm going to talk to this person or I'm going to talk to no one and I'm just going to shut down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So years later, June summarized the dynamic with her sister as such. One day, she'd wake up and be me, and one day I would wake up and be her. And we used to say to each other, give me, my, give me back myself. If you give me back myself, I'll give you back yourself. Oh, this sounds like a goddamn Jordan Peele movie. I'm, I don't like this. This is scaring me. <laughs> so when they were finally reunited. It's like Us. It's kind of like Us, the movie Us. Yes. So they were finally reunited. The two spent several years isolating themselves in, the, in their bedroom, engaged in elaborate plays with dolls. They created many plays and stories in a sort of soap opera style, reading some of them out loud. Sorry, reading some of them aloud on tapes as gifts for their sister, Rose. So Rose was the, that's the only one that was like, we accept you in. Yeah, our group. We'll let you learn the language and, yeah. and all that type of so stuff. So they made her gifts and stuff like that. Inspired by a pair of gift diaries on Christmas 1979, they begin their writing careers. Now they're growing older and they start to, you know, just write books. In English or in their language? In English. Okay. Interesting. Okay. The Great Unifier. (laughs) Written written word. Yeah. So uh, they got diaries on Christmas in 1979 and they begin their writing careers. 
They sent away for a mail order course in creative writing. And each kept an extensive diary and wrote a number of stories, poems, and novels. Set primarily in the United States and in, uh, to be more specific, Malibu, California. Oh, that's very very specific. (laughs) The the stories involve young men and women who exhibit strange strange and often criminal behavior. So June wrote a novel titled Pepsi Cola Addict. Addict? Addict, yes. Like addicted, not like addict like in a house. Addict. A-D-D-I-C-T. Got it. Pepsi Cola Addict. Yeah. Sounds um, like a Lord, Lana Del Rey. You want, you want to take a you want to take a stab at this or at what it is about? Yeah, sure. Okay, Pepsi Cola Addict is about um, a it's sexual. Pepsi Cola it, it doesn't actually mean soda, it means like you know bodily fluids. And this person is a nymphomaniac, and they um, can't get enough of sex sexual gratification, and um, and then they. Um, get killed by one of their Johns, Pepsi Cola Addict, written by June, Freaky Twin. That's her pseudonym. No. Pepsi Cola Addict in which the high school hero is seduced by a teacher. Sexual. Then sent away to a reformatory where a homosexual guard More makes, a sexual. Play, makes a play for him. More sex stuff. The two girls pull together in their unemployment benefits in order to get the novel published. By the, that don't have nothing to do with the story. Oh, I was like, I was like <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but, okay, God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the two get, I didn't put the period because I, I was so very I made it run on sense. <laughs> I was like enthralled. I was like, this story sounds really interesting. Then they got their unemployment money together and went and sold it. I was like, sold what? What is that? I forgot to put the period. In. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but so what happened was is is seduced uh, high school hero seduced by a teacher. Uh huh. Gets sent, sent away, away to, to boarding school where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. Uh huh. And then they and tried to sell the book. Then they tried to sell the with book with their unemployment money. Published. Yes. Uh, a that's a better use of your unemployment money. Published than by Jordan's. Vanity Press. I would agree. Yeah. Follow your dreams. That's, not- an, that's an investment. Yeah, yeah. This is the only accessible work by either of the Gibbons stories. Now available for purchase and held in only five libraries in the world. Oh, so that's like a rare book. Get your hands on them. That's you may come up on something. Sure. So their other attempts to publish novels and stories were unsuccessful. And Jennifer's The Pugilist. You want to take a jab at this? The Pugilist? Yes. Let me look up what that means first. Boxer. Means fight. A, fight, a boxer? Boxer, yeah. Okay. This one is also sexual. Um, a boxer. A, a female boxer. Uh, now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Only because... Just, you go ahead and finish. I'll, I'll tell you what I need to say. Okay. So, The Pugilist. Mm-hmm. It's a salacious tale. Um, it's going to be like a Fabio type of guy on the cover. Hugging a boxer, female boxer from behind. And they're like on a, 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 a cliff or something. Um, this boxer, she thinks she has enough to go to distance. But she needs a trainer. Enter a very, uh, a, a disgraced boxer, handsome. Handsome, disgraced boxer. He trains her up to become, you know, the light featherweight. I don't know how women's division works lightweight champion of the world and within that time of that training montage and everything they have a love affair while contending for the championship belt she goes the distance she goes 12 rounds in the 12th round she gets punched so hard that she dies in the ring and the 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 the, the trainer million dollar baby you describe <laughs> what's that is that a movie? uh the tr- what's this what what's it called what's it called million dollar Baby, what's that movie? I've called? never heard of that. Um, yeah, you have. So, so then she dies. In what's the that ring. boss that that died and hit her head on the damn on the bench? I've never heard of this. In my life. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, what's the movie? The Pugilist. That's she, the movie you're describing. 
Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. The pugilist, she dies in the ring. Her trainer, inspired, undisgraces himself, gets back into training, fights under her name, becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-mm. The pugilist. Not even close. Okay. What's the movie I'm talking about, man? Help me out. What is it? Billion Dollar Baby. Million Dollar. What's that movie called? The boxing movie. I have. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've. I just thought of that scenario. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the movie you're describing. And you're wrong, because that's not what happened. Okay. I just took a shot. Lie to me again. <laughs> okay. I, I Why are you playing around, man? What's the name of the movie? I don't know what you're talking about. Million Dollar Baby. That's what it's called. Okay. Who plays in that? Um, I've never heard of I know that. who plays in it. Jessica Alba plays in that movie. Right? If you say, yeah. <laughs> if you say so. Does he play in that movie? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of the movie. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> I'm not gonna do my story unless you tell me. Jessica Alba, Million Dollar Baby. If you say that's, that's what, what happened saw? in the movie, I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I don't even know this movie. Never be lying. Got it. Jessica, Who else is Jessica in Alba? If it's uh, Jessica Alba, I don't Jessica know. Jessica Alba, Alba Omar Epps. Uh, no, Jessica Alba and um, Billy Bob Thornton is in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds like a good pairing. I feel like I've seen them in a movie together. This movie. So the pugilist. The pugilist. And you're so wrong. And by the way, if I were to write books, novels, sure. These how my stories in my head will go. Sure. Okay. So the pugilist, a physician, mm-hmm. okay, who is so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog oh, okay. to obtain the heart for a transplant. The <sighs> dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has to revenge against the father. The dog? The yeah. dog in the kid's the body. Yeah. So the little girl kills the dad. Wow, that's interesting. That is like, yeah, that, that is how your brain works. I love it. <laughs> that is a, that is a really okay. That's a really yeah. odd because because you know what it is too. Why it is your brain is because it's a little bit of John Q, which is a movie you've seen. Oh, I love. So John you Q. tend Denzel? to take you Man. tend to take something that you've a scenario that you've yeah. seen, mm-hmm. and then you're like, how can I twist this into something else? Absolutely. So you got to save your kid. Got to get a heart transplant. I gotta get. I gotta find a base. Gotta find a base somewhere, and I I can twist it any way I want. Then you go, oh, a dog. Okay, so you get a dog heart. Give the dog heart to the kid, which just biologically would never. That doesn't work. Doesn't. Mm. It's not. There's no match for it to work in the body. Human body. Huh? You got science to prove that? No, No. I don't have any science to prove it. But I just, I just something tells me you can't use a dog heart to, or else. Hey, there's a lot of dogs in the world. Be a lot more people that get heart transplants. Intuition won't. It won't help you in court. Sure. Hey man, you got me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Continue, man. Carry on. So, uh, Jennifer also wrote Discomania. 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 You want this to take a stab at this? I mean, and listen. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> All right. Okay. Discomania. Well, this one is pretty literal. So this one is a a a, a, a book set in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, disco is at its height, right? Um, we're talking about a young man who loves to dance. He's got a fever, if you will. And he's trying to become the most popular disco dancer in New York. And this movie is his journey into that. He's sleeping with women. He's doing cocaine. He's just living his life and trying yeah. to become the most popular dancer. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a title that doesn't mean anything, but it's, just, it's all about street rep, rep and respect. Okay. And it's just his journey. It's almost like a Scarface-like journey. He's sleeping with women. He's doing cocaine. He's in Studio 54 all night long. doing new. <laughs> he's creating new dance moves. Right. He is the emoji. Okay, gotcha. He's like the, the, the like quintessential disco move 
of the hand on the hip, finger point to the sky. Yeah. He created that. Like yeah. he invented that move. He's immortal. And that's how it ends. He he creates a dance move similar a la the moonwalk. Okay. He does a move so influential that he becomes immortal in the city of New York forever in the disco scene. And that's how it ends. Gotcha. But they don't believe in him. He's like he's like on the ropes. Like he's he's losing a dance battle, a disco dance battle. Uh-huh. And he's like, I gotta and then his girlfriend's like, No, you said you'd never do that move. It it killed your father. And he's like, I have to. Spin around, fucking hand on hip point, and the fucking slow motion point. The whole crowd goes quiet, silent, and they're like, what the fuck was that? They lose their mind. Like, he wins. The person (laughs) bows out, and he wins the competition. He's the best disco dancer ever. Disco (laughs) fever? Disco mania. Disco mania. (laughs) Disco mania. Uh, That's not how Jennifer's story went. To each their own. So Jennifer also wrote, she wrote Disco Mania. So the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco and pushes patrons to insane violence. Oh, everything's kind of like psychological thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you would pick that up by the. I did. <laughs> I was just doing my own thing. Man. I was just like, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> happy. I don't give a shit about their fuck <laughs> what they choose. But I'm yeah. That yeah. they everything has a little twist, a crazy yes, twist to yes. it. Yes. Very black mirror uh, mirrorish. Yeah. So she follow up with now these, these this one I don't. I get. I'm done. I get. No, yeah. There, there's no. It's no. It no titles. Take with these. Okay. So the, the she follow up with the ta- the taxi driver's son mm-hmm. and. Uh, a radio play called Postman and Postwoman. You bet you like those titles, huh? Do I? Yeah. And several other uh, short stories. And J- uh, June Gibbons is considered to be an outside writer. Mm. So it's just one of like just be just, for example her stories. She's just she's just her brain's just made up going, and it's just like uh, just these uh, <laughs> outside outside it's outside of art illustrates extreme mental states. And unconventional ideas yeah. in an elaborate fantasy world. She's probably yeah, she's disassociated, man. She's not living in this world. <laughs> They're living in their own world, talking their own language, seeing things we're not seeing. Oh yeah, man. These are like these freaky genius creative types. It's a thin line between genius and, and insanity, man. These kind of people make those movies that are like disturbing, but then brilliant. I've I've you know, there's directors out there that like you're you would not want to talk to these people. They're crazy, but they create Things that you've never seen before, yeah, like David Cronenberg, like just people, things that things where you like, whose mind thinks of that yeah. being a thing? Yeah. Ugh, you know, like, but you're like those. That's these are the kind of minds that those things come from. Yep. So in their later teenage years, the two twins begin using drugs and alcohol. In 1981, the girls committed a number of crimes, including vandalism, petty theft, and set. They've reportedly set three fires. So oh. they did ar- you know, arson, which led to their, which led to. To their being admitted to a uh, Broadmoor Hospital, which is a high security mental health hospital. Mm -hmm. The twins were sentenced to um, indefinite detention under the Mental Health Act in 1983. Wow. They remained at uh, Broadmoor for 11 years. So they did 11 years in a mental institution. Sure. June later blamed. The same one, though. Yes, the same one. That's good. June later blamed this, this lengthy sentence on their selective muteness. So juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. Mm. We lost hope. Really. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out. But we were trapped. Placed on high doses of anti, anti-psychotic medication. They found themselves unable to concentrate. And Jennifer apparently developed tardive Tardive dyskinesia, which is a neurological disorder resulting in involuntary repetitive movements. Mm. 
their medication were apparently adjusted sufficiently to allow them to continue the copious diaries that they had begun in 1980. And they were able to join a hospital choir, but they lost most of their interest in creative writing. So all this, you know, in the medic, the psychotic yeah. medication they were on was like, like fucks you up, man. It, it was fucking them up. Yeah, and they loved writing. They kept it up to themselves, but they loved writing. But they couldn't. They couldn't even, you know, keep still, concentrate, do that. It fucks up their brain chemistry. Those medicines, exactly. those medications, and then if it fucks it, if you do it for too long, you never bounce back. Exactly. You, yep. And that that I, I get how you go. Oh, they just lost the love for it. It's like yeah, your brain just doesn't do what it what what yeah. it did before. Yep. So the case achieved. Notoriety due to the newspaper coverage by journalist Marjorie Wallace uh, of the Sunday Times. Wallace later wrote a book about the two called The Silent Twins, published in 1986 by Prentice Hall. According to Wallace, the girl had a long standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. Or you guys could just do that while you're both alive. That You could do that. That's something to do. So during their stay in the hospital, they began to believe that it was necessary for one of them to die. Oh, that's After much discussion, Jennifer is the one to agree to sacrifice for her life. I'm sorry, sac- the sacrifice of her life. But underneath the laughter, they, now this is now <laughs> Marjorie Wallace, the lady that's the reporter, got a chance to got a chance to get these girls to open up to her. Yeah. They open up to nobody else. So like, there's pictures of them like laughing and having a good time. Yeah. But like when when the you know when they wasn't laughing, shit got real dark. Uh yeah. And she you know she got that out of them out of the girls, and that's how she found out that you know they agreed to be like, if one of one of us have one packed. of us have to go, for one of us to live a normal life, right? Weird man. But underneath the laughter, Wallace began to discover a darkness within each twin. Reading through June's diaries, she found that June felt possessed by her sister, whom she referred to as the dark shadow of the dark shadow over her. Meanwhile, Jennifer's diaries revealed that she thought of June and herself as fatal enemies and described her sister as a face of misery, deception and murder. Wallace's research into the girl's earlier diaries revealed a deep rooted disdain for for one another. Despite their seemingly unshakable bond and their apparent devotion to each other, the girls had each privately recorded increasing fear of the other for over a decade. In March 1993, the twins were trans- transferred from Broadman, I'm sorry, from Broadmoor to a more open Coswell Clinic in Bridgen, Wales. Mm. On arrival, Jennifer, Jennifer could not be awakened. So she was taken to the hospital where she died soon after an acute heart attack. Just, just, uh, it's called a myo, myocarditis, which is an inflammation in the heart muscles, which is a sudden inflammation of the heart. There was no evidence of drugs or poison in her system, and her death remains a mystery. At the investigation, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before their before their release. Her speech had been slurring and she had said that she was dying. On the trip to Coswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes open. On a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood. She said, I'm free at last. She let out. And at last Jennifer was giving up her life 
This music is throwing me off like crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And at and at last, Jennifer has given up her life for me. She also described it as a tsunami washing, washing her of her sins and being freed of her sister. Jennifer was laid to rest at St. Martin Cemetery in Harvard West, Pembrokeshire, Wales. After Jennifer's death, she gave an interview with Harper's Harper's Bazaar and The Guardian. So now she's she's out there now. So Jennifer is, is out there. She's not she's free she's now. Talking and to people like and all she that can stuff. live her she wants to live her life now. Now her sister, you know, sacrificed her life for her. But you just, you just could have you just could that didn't have to have to happen. You could have just lived your life. You didn't have to do they're living in some kind of they're living in one of their uh young YA YA novels where you the some kind of curse needed to be broken or something like that. I think so. It's man. weird. It's weird. Twins are weird. By two thousand eight, she was living quietly and independently near her parents in West Wales. She was no longer monitored by psychiatric services and have and has been accepted by her community and sought to put her past behind her. In two thousand sixteen, interview with her sister Greta revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girls' incarceration. She blamed Broadmoor for ruining their lives and for neglecting Jennifer's health. She had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria refused, saying it would not bring Jennifer back. Mm. Which is kind of, I mean, yeah, but like why? You can make them take responsibility for it. Why would you do that? Right. So after her sister's death, she wrote in her diary, Today, my beloved sister... My beloved twin sister Jennifer died. She is dead. Her heart stopped beating. She would never recognize me. Mom and dad came to see her body. I kissed her stone-colored stone face, and I went hysterical with grief. Now, I'll say that. Like, I'm making my jokes and everything about twins, but, like, that probably hits different. Yeah, When, when a twin goes, you know. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a part of you. Yeah. 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 That's sad. That's sad. Um, but the crazy part was like her death was a mystery. Now they said it was because of Heart some inflammation, term inflammation, but it's like, but they don't know kinda, how you get that. Yeah, but you y'all agreed on. I mean, I just yeah. don't understand how weird. Pack. Y'all agreed on this, and, and then, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the next day she's having heart problems. But there was no poison in her system. Nothing. Are you saying voodoo? I don't know what to think with these. Okay. You know, these two. Uh, there was a movie called. Twin sisters. I I tried to look. I wanted to watch it, man. I couldn't. Twin sisters. It's about them. It's about them. Oh. Or silent twins or something like that. I couldn't find nothing. I tried it on Amazon. I was like, maybe it's on Amazon. You know, you can just find stuff on Amazon something. or YouTube. Some, you can find anything on YouTube. It's probably, but I didn't check YouTube. I wanted to watch. Invisible. What'd you say? Swiss? It's called Silent Twins. Silent Twins. And I couldn't find anything, but I just I saw this. I was like, you know, you hear twins having that that connection that's just different, man. For sure. And these two had that connection, which but it was over like past that, past yeah, different. This was weird. It yeah. was weirder, <laughs> yeah, than the typical. Exactly. And then you know, they couldn't live. It was like they couldn't live their life because of both of them thought you know they were switching bodies. They were switching stuff. bodies, and they were they was kind of like enemies, yeah, to each other. And it was like, all right, one of us got to go for us to Highland, to, Highlander to, rules. There can only be one. Yeah, and then and then one of them dies. It was like, oh, it'll be me. I'll just let's get it'll be me. I'll I'll, I'll hang. I'll it up. just shut my body down. I'll shut my body, and then maybe it's that twin connection, or maybe it's like some that's inner in the soul or somewhere. It was just like their souls agreed and was like, all right, I'm a, we gonna let you go, and then they and then her body just shut down. 
That's goddamn terrifying. Like, I mean, that's fucking terrifying what you just said. Yeah, man. But I mean, it's interesting though, right? Definitely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super interested. What's the music he's playing? What was that? It's from Us, man. It's from the movie Us, the Jordan it's, Hill movie. It sounds like. So I got five on it, but by orchestra. Yeah, but it sounds like. You ruined my production. It you should have like, just got more into like it and Seuss. gotten dramatic. It sounds like some Doctor Seuss, like Seuss music. music. It doesn't sound like Doctor Seuss. It's fucking an orchestra. Have you seen Doctor Seuss? Yeah, I've seen Doctor Seuss. Yeah, it sounds just like it. It's an orchestra, man. It sounds like Doctor Seuss. Yeah, it sounds like the bing, bing, boom, bing, boom. It's eerie music. Like the Grinch something. I think sure. that might have been came from it the, might Grinch, have been, the Grinch soundtrack. Might have been in some some references to the Grinch in the in that. But it's I got five on it. Anywho, that was my story of June and Jennifer Gibbons, the silent twins. Yeah, man. Creepy creepy story, man. Yeah, man. And these are creepier twins, but I stand by twins are just creepy in general. Um I don't really trust them. I think that they steal. And then they like you got twin them. brothers. You feel that way about them? They're fraternal. Okay, so it's not as creepy. Gotcha. But they still like do little glances and Which stuff. Which I don't get though. I don't get fraternal. I don't. I well, just, just two eggs got up in there at the same time. Yeah, I just up. don't get it. I don't get it. It's either. like I mean, you fraternals like boo. I would rather y'all. Boring, I want y'all yeah. look alike. Y'all, 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 y'all are just two kids that were right. born the same day. Right. Just two friend, like two kids. Y'all just two kids that were born the it's same boring. day. That's super boring. Y'all are just don't don't go around calling yourself twins. Yeah, you guys are just brothers. You yeah. guys are just as much brothers as we are, right. brothers. You guys just were born on the same day. I don't want don't you're not allowed to use You guys don't even twins. look alike. One of you are taller than the other one. One of you is a girl, the other one's a boy. This is not the thing. This is boo. 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 I I fight throwing tomatoes at them often. Oh, wow. I'm like, these are you guys are fraud. You yeah. guys are wish twins. It's like what what you think twins would look like, and then you get these twins, and you're like, fucking you guys are different shades of the of tone, skin tones, and twins. taller, the ones taller. Yeah. It shouldn't no. be a term. It shouldn't be like Oh, they are twins, but they don't look like. So we're going to call them fraternal. Fraternal twins. They're fraternal, just brothers. And fraternal just means brother. So you guys are just brothers. Try to get all fancy. Yeah, you got, or isn't that what fraternal means? Like a frat? I'm thinking frat. Like a frat. Like a fraternity. Is that where it's coming from? Uh, hey, man. Etymology is not my thing. Cool me. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm just going off of things that sound Makes like sense. that. Fraternal, fraternity. Makes maybe. Sense. I don't know. But, you know, but then girls can be fraternal twins. So I don't know. That might be the patriarchy. I don't know. Yeah. Sexism. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no. Real twins, like authentic, identical twins are freaky. I don't trust them. And I think that you should not leave them alone in your in your house. I think they might steal things or plant things in your house. Maybe they are not to be trusted. Okay. Which one do you like worse? Twins or clowns? Oh, clowns are the top of the Clown? list for sure. Yeah. yeah twin, uh, cl- clowns. Which one do I like less? Are you asking me? Oh, which one you are scared the most of? You say you they terrify scared you. the most one, of clowns. Which one terrify you the most? Clowns for sure. Clowns. I'm not scared of twins. I don't. I just distrust. I have a distrust of them. What about, so you scared of clowns though? Definitely scared of clowns. Yeah, no, scared of clowns. Distrust twins. Don't really want them in my presence. Don't really like their vibe. What about the clowns that make you now twin clowns? Man, but what about clowns that terrify you? What about it? Yeah. Well, first of all, they're in disguise. Okay. Um, I don't like the loudness of the clothes that they wear. I don't like the shoes. I don't like the shoes. Why are your shoes so big? What are you trying to hide? Why are you trying to cover up? Are are those shoes in? Are inside of shoes? Do they I have like ass- small shoes? Inside I would of those assume and there's some kind of way that they're grounding themselves in those big floppy yeah. shoes, or either that, or like there's no space. They just there's just a no. Like oh. the shoe is the size. And there's just like a little diving board on the shoe. That's what I mean. Like your feet are locked is in. It like, something no, like that's a, not space. I oh, think it's more it's that. Like, something? It's oh, just okay. like a piece of wood or something to make it look longer. But yeah. the shoe is your shoe size. It's not like a loose shoe. Yeah. It's just like a shoe that fits you with a bunch of extra that's what I mean. yeah, fake yeah, yeah. looking yeah, yeah. shoe at the end. I think it's hilarious though. 
Yeah, I don't shoes. find it hilarious. I find it fraud. And a lot of them do magic. I don't like that. Okay. Not in that package. I like magic, but not in that package. And then they wear afros, which I feel is, has some racial um, and history hmm. to it. Don't like that. Um, I don't like squeaky noses. And, and um, yeah. And then also sometimes they're demons. So then that whole thing is bastardized clowns for me because I think of them having like filed teeth and eating children and all those kind of like stuff. It. Really, it, really. I watched It Too Young, the original It, and it fucked me up. Hmm. But um, I still think I would have thought clowns were creepy if I never saw It. I don't get it. I don't really understand. I don't want to clown on my birthday. I never was Always that smiling. Kid. I never figured out the, the disguise of the makeup. Yeah. It's always a smile. Behind that, behind that smile is a ton of pain think and so? anger. You can see it in every clown. You look them in their eyes; they're dead. Their eyes are dead, but they so. have that smile painted on their face. Oh, balloon animals! Squeak it, squeak it! No, they're frogs. They drop like a fucking uh, a little Volkswagen. VW bug, and then there's eleven the of them in at. They all climb out of it at the same time. They're all they're just doing tricks. I don't like it. I don't trust them. Can you go to clown school? Can you go to like you go to clown college? Tour? Clown college? I mean, like tour. Like a, like <laughs> like if you want to go to Towson yeah. University, you do a clown tour. college tour the campus. Yeah, you could probably. You want to do that? Can you? Yeah, I'll put a camera on you. Go do it. I'm not going. What? To see a bunch of clowns doing schoolwork? No, it would terrify me. They're getting smarter? I don't want to see them. They're plotting against me. See them in a a lecture hall full of clowns? You got to learn how to walk in the shoes. You got to learn how to do your makeup. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's a bunch of courses. And the fucking. Yeah, beating beating your face 101. You got to learn how to get those cheeks contour. You got to learn how to uh, refill the water in the little. the rose. The flower. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds. There would be a lot of beneficial classes. Stuffing yourself into a car. 103. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's all kind of stuff. Interesting. Voice work, because you got to be like, hello, I'm Goofy the Clown. <laughs> that shit right there, nightmares. Why do they talk like that? I don't get that. Why do they all do that? They all have to do, hello there, little go- little boy, girl. I hate it. Death to clowns. It's, a, it's, it's, a, clowns it's an outdated form of entertainment. I don't think they should exist anymore, and they never should have existed. We've allowed demons into our society. Clowns are the work of the devil. I don't want to see them. If you are a clown listening to this, I don't want you as a listener. I think Universal Soul Circus was awesome. But you know what? I didn't see Universal Soul Circus. Not too many people with their faces painted. It was just people doing breakdancing and having a good time and, rap and rhyming. A couple clowns in here. Uh, I guess. Shucky Ducky Quack Quack was not a clown. He was just a guy in a top hat. He was fun. I like Shucky Ducky. He had a great time. I don't remember it. How do you, how do you, how do you remember their names? He was like the MC of the whole thing. He would talk to the people. He was he the shit. I don't remember his name. It's a, it's a great name. You, he would go, he would That's go, he would go, Shucky Ducky, and everybody would go, quack, quack. Whole crowd. I don't remember that at all. I had a great time with the Universal Circus. I, I guess you didn't I have as much fun that. as I did. Maybe I was there to see the elephants and shit. I was, I well, that's abuse. I don't remember those but things at all because it's traumatic. We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, the, it was part the, of the, circus that, the comedic elements of the Universal Circus. Well, I was there to see the animals, the elephants, stand on two feet. I get it was abuse, but it was, it, as a kid, it was entertaining. I didn't know that at the time. I was there. I didn't know that's what me. I was there to eat popcorn, pretzels, chicken fingers. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> icy Slurpees, uh, <laughs> caramel corn, uh, hot dogs, and here's here Shucky Ducky do his thing. <laughs> I remember I remember all the snacks and Shucky Ducky. He was great. <laughs> great time. I was like eight. I was Man, in a velour tracksuit. Handful of junk food. Yeah. Fucking dance to that. Double fist guy. and dogs. I was double fist and dogs. Like, oh, this guy's hilarious. This guy, quack, quack, spitting hot dogs on the back of people's necks. I was having a great time at the That's Universal crazy, Circus. Man. I was having a ball. Tw- oh, cracking up those little mustard packets and squeezing them on my hot dog. You know, I had some. I had a, a little thing of popcorn between my feet. And then when I finished my dogs, wow. I'd go down and get that. And I got an icy blue. And, you know, I was just having a good time. My mom spits a whole check. 
whole bag. You going bag. And then if she if she if she even balked at me one bit, I'd be like, but you know, it's my birthday's next <laughs> week. <laughs> Can I just have one more hot dog, please? I'm just so hungry. <laughs> I was man, I was a manipulator, bro. I mean, and then I'd be like, that's great. All right, I guess I guess I don't need a pretzel. I'm just so hungry, but it's fine. This is nice. I see. Then you, then you got to turn around, like, no, no, I'm having a great time. I just love. I, I'd love a pretzel. And then she's like, here, she give me three dollars. <laughs> I walk away and run away to go get food. Yeah, that's man, wild, I was a dive. Man. I was like Eric Cartman, bro. I was like that's very. Wild. Me and Eric Cartman weren't that much far off. I really resonated with that character on South Park. I was very much <laughs> like, Mom, though, but Mom, I'm hungry. Please, I wasn't hungry. I'd never been hungry a day in my life, man. You should have seen pictures of me when I was all chubby at eight. Just wanted all the snacks. Just wanted every snack. Then don't let then we leave Universal Circus. Can we stop at McDonald's? McDonald's. Please, I just you know you can get two Happy Meals. Can I get yo two? <laughs> yeah, you get a cheeseburger Happy Meal with a side of nuggets. Do four count nuggets and a cheeseburger. <laughs> you did that back then. Well, I mean, you can get a side of nuggets. Oh, I'd be like, okay. can I get a cheeseburger Happy Meal and, and some nuggets? nuggets? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that's gross. I was I was showing pictures. My mom, my mom were looking at pictures of me when I was like, when I was a kid, and she was like, "I mean, you you didn't look, you weren't fat when I when I was seeing you at the time." And we were looking at the pictures. Yeah, she was man. like, "I just couldn't, I didn't see it. I guess I was, I'm like all greasy and fucking <laughs> mouthful of food as a kid." She's like, "I didn't see it. I just I just oh, loved man. you so much. I didn't see that you were chubby. I didn't see it. I'm like, yeah, I see it now. I'm looking at these pictures. This is it's not cool, man. <laughs> so much grease on my face. I'm so greasy." <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and get into the good vibes, man. <laughs> good, 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 good Welcome back. It's time for our good vibes segment. Um, it is my turn to go first. I found yes, indeed. Great, I found a great story. Um, as soon as I, you know, I read the headline, it connected to me immediately. I was like, oh, man, got to do this story. Okay. I'm excited. So it says, spending quality time with dad helps young children do better at school. Oh, uh, yeah, great. Spending quality time with dad helps young children do better at school, according to new research. Mm -hmm. The chance of a youngster reaching a good level of intellectual and emotional development by the age of five Mm -hmm. were reduced by 18% if their father felt he spent nowhere near enough time with his child. Yeah, uh, this is great. But while the time, but while the time father spent drawing, painting, playing games with or reading to his young one affected the child's progress at school, no similar effects were found for mothers. Oh, just over one in six dads, which is 18 percent, felt they did not spend enough quality time with their kid. But only one in 20 moms, which is five percent, felt the same way. Mm. A further 41 percent of fathers felt they did not spend quality. I'm sorry, quite enough time with their child researchers at the university university of leeds analyzed data from the millennium cohort study of more than four thousand children born in a two-parent household in 2001 i'm sorry in 2000 and 2001 and and survey data the findings held up even when variables that could have explained the discrepancy such as child's gender ethnicity household income and their parents employment status mm-hmm. were all taken into account 
But it was all two-parent homes were a part of the study. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Moms were more likely than dads to say they spent enough time with their little one already. Mm -hmm. But their feelings about whether they spent enough time playing with them had little effect on the child's progress. Got it. Overall, the study found that 62% of girls reached a good level of achievement at school and 40% of boys did so. While 39% of children from poor households reach a good level of achievement, compared with 58 parents, I'm sorry, compared with 58% of children from more affluent households. Mm. So parents that uh, make more money, make more money, spent, they thought they spent less time with their children. Sure. Than a low income household. Right. But the, kid, mean, but the kids did worse in school when they had less money. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what the study said, right? Yes. But they were, they got to hang out with their, they got to hang out with their dad. Huh? That's positive. Huh? Yeah. I mean. Or the yeah. dad, the, the the parents didn't feel like they spent less time with their kids. The, the parents didn't feel like. Cause the I, low cause, income. Because yeah, because me and Steph had, you know, we've talked about like sometimes Steph, because Steph was with the kids more, more times than mm-hmm. I because I'm at work, but she thought she was there. Like, I don't spend, I don't feel like I spend enough time with Sophia or whatever the kids. But it's like you with them all the time. It's like, yeah. But sometimes, like, you know, um, I guess, like, little stuff, like, whenever she wants to play, it's like, Sophia do her own thing. And then, yeah. like, Steph would just, she's, like, doing work or whatever she's right. doing. And then that that time where she goes, like, oh, I haven't spent as much time with Sophia than I, than I think I did. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. It's like you're there, but you're doing parent Exa- stuff. You you're doing parent like stuff. Exactly. Spending time. Yeah, you're not, like, in their face and, you know what I'm saying, but, like. Helping them with their homework and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, all, all that counts and reading them books before bed. For sure, I read her book and then she reads two books to me before bed. And it's like that's time, you know. That's yeah. time. But you can't like. But how much did, were we both giggling and rolling around? Yeah, the you floor? can't do that. Like, like, yeah, realistically, you can't do yeah. that all day. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is not Matilda. We were all we went and uh, picked some berries off a tree and then rolled around on in the grass. Like, hey, listen, that's, I get to study and everything, and you know, you can like. That stuff is, you know, informative and you can, you know, you think about it and like, oh, maybe I should. You take what you will from it, effect, But I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, like. Chase you something. You can't yeah. just. So every day needs to be some memorable, crazy an thing. An adult will lose their mind. Yeah. This is, it's just, that's the reality of the yeah. situation. This is how it is. But yeah. I, th- I think that's cool research. You know, little stuff like that. You know, just being, having two parents. That's, 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 a, that's, 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 a, that's a lot these days. Yes. Speaking to somebody who. A lot of the things that I remember with me and my mom are like not we're going to roller coasters and shit like that. Just like making cookies or whatever, like yeah, just yeah. shit like that, you know. And, and with my dad, I don't have as many of those memories. But even the ones that I do have are like not um, crazy, drastic things that we did. Just like little simple stuff. So it's like yeah. the kids, kids will remember those things more than Absolutely. like going to Six Flags or something like that. Yeah, they'll remember that too, but. They'll remember the little stuff, the little stuff just as much. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So all the parents out there, if you feel like, well, all I do is just like parent stuff, like that stuff counts. Like those yes, those memories absolutely. matter. Yeah, the, yeah. the way a sandwich tastes, you know, that's that kind of stuff. Like I can't make a turkey sandwich the way my mom makes it at all. I, and I don't know what the, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. It just it doesn't taste as good, you yeah. know. So that's those things matter just as much as like, well, we went and fucking raced car bumper cars or whatever, you know. That stuff is cool too. Oh yeah, so shout out to that. That was a good. That was that was a that was a good read. That was interesting. Uh, my uh, good vibe story is about a one hundred year old woman. What? Who was, who oh, one hundred year old. One hundred and one year old woman. Shout out. Big shout out. And she was amazed after being reunited with a lost painting that was looted by Nazis. What? Yep. So the story of returning art stolen by Nazis is never and is an is a never ending one. 
And the latest chapter involves a 101-year-old woman who was recently reunited with a painting taken almost 80 years ago. Damn. Do you be able to say that? Like, And she was That's alive. A, she was yeah. 21 then, too. Young and fine, probably. 80, 80 years, years ago, she was alive. That's crazy. She was 21. She was legal age to drink alcohol <laughs> 80 years ago yeah. when this crime was committed against her. So this happened to her 80 years ago. The woman treasured the beautiful work of art for around six months, but has decided to auction it in order to help her now considerable flock of grand of grandchildren, nieces and nephews. She's got done. Yeah, man, she's just been she a, by, by just by virtue of living so long. People get older and have kids. And you got definitely have great great grandchildren. Oh yeah, the it's some greats in front of them for yeah. sure. Great nieces and all that shit, man. Um, so Charlotte Biscoff, shout out to the cookies, Van Heems Van Heemskirk was just a teen. Those Biscoff cookies are fire, by the way. I don't know. I've only gotten them on planes, but they're like um, shortbread cookies or something. Oh, I understand. They're fucking fire. They just give you one in a pack. It's fucking such a tease. Eat it slow. Nah, man. I'm a cookie slut, bro. Give me a whole... Slut me out. Give me eight of these Biscoffs. I don't want one Biscoff cookie. Give me the whole tray. Anyway, uh, so Charlotte B. I'm going to call her that. Charlotte B. was just a teenager when the SS came to her door. They were looking for her father. She had to let them in, she said, because she was so scared. Her father... Joan Hendrick Schmidt Van Gelder was the director of the children's hospital in the city of Arnhem, and he was hunted by the SS for refusing to collaborate with the invading Germans. Going into hiding, he took a painting off the family wall, a portrait of Stephen Walters, or, or portrait of Stephen Walters by Dutch master Casper Netzker, and stored it in in an Arnhem branch of the Bank Amsterdam of the Bank of Amsterdam in 1940. There, he thought the painting dated to eight, to 1683 would be, would be, this is, man, it's hundreds of years old, would be, he thought the painting would be safe in this, uh, you know, vault at, at a bank. But Nazis eventually broke in and looted the vaults. Then war, pro- then war proper broke out in the continent and the painting was lost to history, like World War II broke out. So it yeah. was like, we're not looking for paintings right now. Um, detective work by the London-based Commission for Looted Art in Europe established it established it had made a temporary appearance at an art gallery in Dusseldorf in the mid-1950s. Its next surfacing was in Amsterdam in 1969 and in Germany once again in 1971, where it was bought by a private collector. Negotiators reached out to the last buyer and secured it retu- and secured its return to Van, Van, Heemstr- Van Heemskerk, who declared, I am amazed upon seeing it. I have five brothers and sisters, Van Heemskrik told The Guardian. There are 20 offspring, and they are very sweet, so I never had the feeling that it was mine. It's from the family. Placed now at the at the Sotheby, at the Sotheby's auction house in London, it's listed at $37,000, but it's listed between $37,000 and $62,000, and will go up for auction on July 6th. Biscoff Van Heemskirk admitted to being a little bit emotional as she inevitably connected the painting with wartime memories. She joined Dutch. She joined the Dutch resistance as a courier. She was her. The quote, the last quote of the article is you would have, you would have done, you would have done too. I'm sure she told the reporter covering the story. We were hoping that we would win the war and we did, and we did everything to help. So this lady was in world war two, stepped up, and fought against the Nazis, pushed them back, you know, and then, you know, the rest is history. And then 80 years later, 
a painting that she grew up with in her house on the wall that's stolen by Nazis was returned to her at 101 years old. And now he's trying to sell it. And well, yeah, for her family. Yes, that's you know. I feel it's, like it's I weird. Feel, I feel like they should start it, and they maybe have. They should start a GoFundMe and whatever money they thought they were going to get for the painting, just give it to them and let them keep the painting in their family. Yeah, I think it's I think it's funny how <clears throat> sometimes when I think about like the situation she's in, like uh-huh. she's selling the painting for a family, right? Sure. So it's like she don't even get to enjoy it. It's like, yeah, man. Like selling this to get somebody else, whack. I guess so, but it is a self. In her mind, it's a selfless thing. Like I have all these grandchildren and nieces and stuff, and they, I want them to have Still a sucks. nice life. Still but sucks. I really think we live in the internet age, and she doesn't realize that. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just gave her thirty-seven thousand dollars, and we're like, keep the painting, just keep the painting, keep yeah. it, hang it up, and enjoy it. It's it's your family's legacy. Like it's a it's a now it's like almost a it's like almost four hundred years old. It's from sixteen eighty three. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Let it appreciate in value. Give it to your grandkids. Let them have it in their house. And if they decide they want to sell it, cool. But like you shouldn't, that shouldn't be, you sh- you're 101. You're, I mean, she's not going to be around in 10 years. Oh, man, don't say that. She's 101, man. Can't she did that. it. She lived. Any, any other day from now on is a blessing. Can't say that. Man. Well, I need to say it to make my next point. What is the oldest of my live? I don't know. 120. But. For real? Yeah, I think so. I'm China. But. I th- my point is like let her just keep it until she passes let her just get to look at it for the rest of her life she's 101 how much longer is that and then you guys if you guys want to sell it her grandkids her kids whatever if you guys want to sell it sell it i mean her kids are probably 122 in- yeah china oh wait um cambodia one of those southeast france. asia france france oh surprising <laughs> didn't know the- didn't know that, I mean the French they smoke every day, they eat bread all the time. I 122 years old. That's a, no, imagine hitting 100, you like, oh another, another 20 22 years. years? I wouldn't dread that. I'd be like, oh, every day I'd wake up and be like, again, he's still here, huh? I would dread every day after like <laughs> after for me, after like 90, I don't even want to live that long. But like a hundred years old, every man, you live another 22 years? Sweet release, take me. Um, but yeah, so those were the good vibe stories. Holy what? Something bigger than no 122. Something bigger than that. So this guy says a man who claims the world's oldest person dies at 146 years old. No, no, no way. Look That's a vampire. <laughs> he looks 146. <laughs> if you would have asked me without telling me how old that person was and showed me that picture, my guess would have been 146 years old on the money for sure. Dead on. That looked like the skeleton from SpongeBob SquarePants. What if you get so old? That you like start turning into a baby. Uh, explain. <laughs> you just like. What do you mean? What? <laughs> you, just, you just completely shrink. You just shrink and you just super small. <laughs> you just get all small. <laughs> I mean, old people do shrink, but to shrink down to a baby size is crazy. You're like, I'm 134. But, like, but you get so old that you start to shrink to a baby, but like you break the barrier of like when you like, you're supposed to die at this point and then you. You just break past you that. Come back around. Just come back around. <laughs> this is Benjamin Button. This is the plot of the movie Benjamin Button. You gotta watch movies, man. You gotta watch movies because your imagination is doing all but this he's stuff. He's aged backwards, though, right? Yeah, but he was born a baby. He was born old, and he turned into a baby. And then he, yeah, he he died a baby. It's really morbid. They don't show you that, but like he got younger and younger. So when he was like a hundred years old, he was a baby. That's how he died. He died. He kept. He turned back into a baby. He probably died when he was like a month old. They started growing back again. No, he just died. No, your I thing mean, is like I mean, like he grew. You can't come. You come back he, around. You can't hit. 
hit the sweet you know, like, spot. You know, like, like oh. the symbol of like recycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just you got that. it. You're like, you hit the man. That's God's gift to you. Like, man, you you really ate well, and yeah. you live to be 150 years you get old. So go at it. Yeah, you, you get, get an extra man. You know the go. You get an extra man. He's just fucking and you just turn into a baby. That's crazy. That's that's nuts. No, I don't think that's how that works. But I didn't live to be 100. However old he is, he would know. That dude's dreams are probably nuts. Man. Yeah, that dude looked 146 years old. Recommendations corner. That picture really threw me off. That was the oldest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like a mummy, but alive. Weird. Um, recommendations corner. Um, I watched um, Keep Sweet, <laughs> Pray, and Obey on Netflix. Absolutely insane. It's about the um, FLDS, the First Church of the Latter-day Saints up there in Utah. They're doing some crazy shit. I'm not, you know, not smirching the whole thing even though their prophet is a guy who there's footage of he is he made the religion when he was like 14 and it was in like 1965 super weird to follow a dude's religion who made it up in jeans so that's weird but i'm not judging the whole thing but there are sects of it that were they're marrying young girls and doing polygamy and a lot of weird things and having them give birth and the, the netflix documentary covers all that so i highly recommend um keep sweet pray and obey it's just a tough watch but it's you need to these are things we need to know is going on because uh, uh, one of the um, people who was being covered or covering the story in the documentary said, I, I identify them as the largest human trafficking organization in the country of the United States because they're just like it's free labor. They're moving around young girls to, all, to between Utah and Texas and marrying them off to old men. And it's just it's under the guise of religion. It, but it's they're human trafficking girls and raping them. It's crazy. But it's like God. So it's wild. Um, so yeah, that's that was what I watched though over the past couple of days. So Damn. that's my big recommendation. You watch anything interesting? Um, the Last Kingdom, man. I'm I'm, I'm still on that. Man. Yeah, I never, I didn't dive into it. That's cool. I love the show. I love it. Yeah, you've 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 picked it up. The, I, the uh, war scenes, heads being chopped off. You would love Game of Thrones, man. You really, the heartbreak that happens. And, oh man, I love it. Actually, I don't recommend Game of Thrones because of how it ends, but. You would have loved Game of Thrones until you actually, I mean, I don't know. You might like it. I didn't like it, how it ended. Some people did. Some people didn't. But Last Kingdom is the shit. Okay. Well, I'll, I am I'll, confused about what I, maybe you can help me on the, uh, everybody I've never, being, I've never seen the show. Right. But everybody being lords is what throws me off. What do you mean? Cause like, every, it's like, you know, the, the, the main guy who was Uhtred, who was the, the main person still, but he's a yes. lord and then like all these other people are lords. And it's well, like, they all report to the king. Yeah, no. The king's in charge of the land, but it's so right. much land that you got to delegate and have people oversee those parts of Certain the land. Certain parts of the land. Okay, yeah. I figured that. Now, Lord is, you're the biggest thing in that town. You're the king of that town. Yeah. But you got to report to the king. Right. But yeah. some people is like, it's a guy who was a Lord, but the guy who was the king stole his crown. Yeah, so he thinks he's the rightful he's heir bitch. to the throne. So he's like- And that's how wars break out. And then he's like the king, but the dude is bitch, so he's like- the he king's a bitch or the lord's a bitch? The lord is. So he's okay, like, oh, so then the, he's, yeah, the king stole my crown. I'm and just now, I'm, now I'm the king, but he's like, I should be the king, though. Yeah, but he's just mad about it. But he's, he's he, is he tough enough to rally up some people? No. To, there you go. No. That's what you do, though. That's how it works. It's like, if you feel like you'd be a better king or you have a better claim to the throne as a lord, or you need to have noble blood. If you feel like you have a claim, you go around and you go, hey, man, listen, you see how fly I am. You see my fucking bird, yeah. my bird feather cape. And, you know, you see how you see my wife. You see how I'm living. You see how I'm giving it up. Y'all should get behind me. And then you get enough people behind you and you go see that king. Yeah. And if you guys duke it out and you win, you're king now. I love it though. Yeah, I used to yeah, that's, I mean that's gangster. That's 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 
you know, we do it. They do it in suits now, you know, but it's still as cutthroat as that, though. It's still the same. Yeah. That's why I just find it interesting. Like the world got a little more cleaner. They do a lot of the shit in the shadows and stuff, but people are still getting their throats cut behind the scenes, falling yeah. out of windows, quote unquote, people that know stuff like all that intrigue and shit is still happening. All that put in uh, poison in people's drinks. All that shit is still happening in today's society. We just have suits on and yeah. we don't get blood on our hands, but it's somebody getting blood. I wish we still ride horses around. I think that's dope. I, I, prefer, a car, a car, I prefer a car. I prefer a car. Horse. I prefer a car. I'm a, yeah, I see. Let it do that little thing. And oh, that's yeah. how you pull up. You pull up doing yeah, tricks. Make yeah. the horse count. Oh, that's my horse. Uh, yeah. Counting with his feet and Give stuff. Him a little Mexican horse with it. He did a little trot and dance. Yeah. Yo, you want a fly horse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come up, anyway. pull up. Yeah, <laughs> jump up. Come on, two feet and shit. Yeah, you want to come up, pull up, fly. What? Yeah, that's last like kingdom doing a donut. My shit. Last kingdom. Okay, well, I recommend Last Kingdom. Very different. Two recommendations. You, I would say, watch Last Kingdom for entertainment, and if you want to hear about some, you know, dark things that need to be heard about, follow that up with uh, "Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey." That's I, that would be my recommendation. But I, it's not a, it's not a light watch. It's not like a. Silly documentary. It's very heavy, so keep in keep that in mind. And with that being said, I've been Alvin Williams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.